everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, the podcast where our friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Jarrell, joined by Brandon, Kelly, and Gabe, and this week we've got a lot of stuff to cover because I'm sure you guys missed us last week, so we're here with a little bit of stuff from last week and everything from this week right before you 3 And to begin with, because we're going to jump right into it, um, Brandon is going to uh, tell us a little bit about a tweet and ask us a question. Absolutely. So... Um, This was a few weeks ago at this point, but basically a Twitter user by the name of Paris um, at Vicious696 tweeted something interesting to the following. um, Republic Commando game featuring the Bad Batch. And that tweet resonated with me basically because I was literally thinking the same thing. Because, like, I watched the Bad Batch and I had played Republic Commando uh, at the beginning of the month for, like, um, Star Wars Day. And that's literally just, like, that's all I was thinking about, like, if they redid or did a new Republic Commando with the Bad Batch themselves. So it did get me thinking because that would be, of course, a revival if they did that, like of the Republic Commando uh, IP, so to speak, featuring the Bad Batch. And we have that with the Battlefront games where they were gone and now they're back. So the question I have to all of you is, do you have a classic Star Wars franchise, uh, gaming that is, uh, that you guys enjoyed? And um, if so, what would you like to see return? I'll start with Jarrell. I was going to say the funny part is I'm prepared for this question and I don't have the answer. <laughs> but I do, I do. It is Battlefront because that's the only Star Wars game I played. That's cool. it. Game. Um, for me, it'd have to be the um, the actual games based off the movies that mm-hmm. came out from Lucas Art, I believe it was, way back when. Yes. Um, I don't remember Phantom Menace that much, but I do remember like a Naboo level where I was Qui Gon Jinn. That was pretty fun. But um, but Revenge of the Sith, for what it was, was like actually a pretty damn good you know movie to game hmm. video game. Um, I like so I like to see you know that get you know a nice little like oh like here it's been a while since you've actually played through the movies. Let's remake them a little bit better. That'd be cool. And uh, oh, and and um, this came out I think on PS3. It was one of the old Attack um, uh, Clone War games, but it was a Clone mm-hmm. War game based off like the beginning of the series, not um, not what we have now. Yeah, you're talking about the, the Star Wars, the Clone Wars video game, correct? Yeah, the one that came out like right after Attack of the Clones. No, this one, this one like had the art style of you know of the current Clone Wars, but like it literally released I think like around season two or three of the first Clone Wars. It's okay. a very not well known game. Is it was it on the Wii by chance? I actually can't remember. I just I, remember playing it on PS3. Okay. Yeah, my, I might have gotten a PS3 port as well because there was a game called Star Wars Clone Wars Republic Heroes, I think it was called, which was really ambitious. Unfortunately, that game was actually trash. Which is a, which is sad to say because I love the Clone Wars and they got all the voice actors. Literally, they got the entire cast of the show to reprise their roles for this thing. The product, the visuals look like it was like from the Clone Wars, but no, that game was was not was not. Yeah, good. that's the game, Republic uh, Heroes. Yeah. Oh man, and I was uh, so disappointed because it like it had all these systems where you could do all the cool stuff from the show, but it just was not implemented well at all. And yeah, apparently, there was a like... and there was a DS one that had like an exclusive plot, like that was actually really good, but that one was also not good. But it, had, it did have a, like interesting concepts, which I, they ended up using for an arc in season three. So at least it wasn't all to waste. But yeah. All right. Hey Kelly, what, what about you? 
Uh, I've only really played Battlefront, but I think that if I was gonna, like, create one out of my own head, like, to see something, I think, you said it last, I feel like you said it before, but it was, like, that MMO, was that the Old Republic? Yeah, well, there's the Old Republic, which is the current MMO, but before that, there was Star Wars, uh, Galaxies, I think it was called, was the, the former MMO that they had. Yeah. I think I'd like to see something like that, but I've played a lot of Battlefront. Uh, used to be one of my main games that I played, uh, so I'd like to see them making those. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a Star Wars MMO. I just think that would be really fun. I've never played one, but I want to, so if that answers the question, I'm in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so for me, um, there is quite a lot of like classic Star Wars games that I've I've touched over the years. I love Bounty Hunter. Love Knights of the Republic. Um, like you guys said, Battlefront. The I love the original Battlefront. I like the current Battlefront a lot. Um, I already said the Republic Commando, but um, my my actual answer is a, is a bit of a wild card because on that same May the Fourth stream, I played Republic Commando, but before that, I had also played Episode One Racer, and that game really does hold up. Honestly, like graphically, it's a game that came out in the sixty four Dreamcast. So obviously, graphically, it don't look that impressive today, but gameplay wise, it's solid. It is incredibly solid. I am shocked at how smooth that game still felt in 2021. And I honestly enjoyed it more than like F-Zero games, which as a Nintendo f- fan seems like blasphemous to say, but it's the truth. If I had gun to hell was held to my head and I had to choose between getting a new uh, episode, Star Wars Episode Racer game or F-Zero, I would choose the Episode Racer game. I'm sorry, F-Zero fans. I like Captain Falcon, Falcon Punch, all that good stuff. But, like, Episode One Race is clean, man. And they could do more with the universe, especially with, like, the current canon. They have so much more planets that they can draw upon. Yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, that's because uh, I love Nitro Republic. It's my favorite Star Wars game of all time. But anyway, that's all. That's me. Brother, I'll take it away, Gerald. Why don't you choose violence, bro? Why you gotta, <laughs> why do you have to, like, kill yourself? Like, why does a gun have yeah, to be you know, <clears throat> I'm just saying, if I had to choose between one, like, like, People, I you see Twitter takes all the time about people asking F Zero, and like I get it because I have played F Zero and I love that series. But like I was just shocked about like Episode One Run Racer is a very similar game. You got like these futuristic cars that are not really touching the ground and like going at a really fast space through all these like um space like worlds, and I just really enjoyed it, man. It's like there are two very similar games, but like even barring the Star Wars license, it's just uh, I just had a lot more fun playing Episode One Racer. Well, speaking of making just imagining, sorry, no, no, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. You're imagining what? No, I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm imagining who is walking around putting guns to people's heads and being like, <laughs> "You have to pick a Star Wars game." Choose a Star Wars game now. I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's, yeah. all, that's all I know." I don't know if you're coming. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't okay. Know. Anyways, go on. Um, yeah. So speaking of making decisions, uh, voice actress Erin Fitzgerald revealed that she stepped down from the role of uh, Ramlethal in Guilty Gear. In a tweet, she said, "I happily stepped away so the developers could cast more appropriately." She expanded on that, uh, stating that you know she wanted to give uh, player or excuse me, um, voice actors of color opportunities to voice the very limited amount of. Uh, POC characters uh, in video games, although not necessarily in fighters. I feel like fighters are very diverse, but whatever. Uh, do we have any opinions on this? Stepping down so that uh, someone of the proper um, ethnicity can proper well, of the ethnicity can properly represent that character. Well, my thoughts on the subject, basically, with her uh, stepping down, like obviously, you know, she didn't have to. This was entirely her choice, and I do respect her uh, her her decision on that. 
And like, you know, again, I view I view um acting and voice acting in pretty much the same in the same context because you're acting. It's, it's it's acting. The only difference is, you know, whether you're seen on screen or whether it's just your voice, but there's different ways in which that can be approached. And again, because they are both acting, you know, there is a merit to having the same ethnicity voice a character of that of that of that role because I think that brings something to the character that uh, another another the uh, another race wouldn't be able to really nail down because there's like and you know this unfortunately happened when like uh, Mirko you know Mirko of My Hero Academia came out she's voiced by um oh my god I don't want to even try to butcher her name I would, I would feel terrible but she's like half black half like Puerto Rican and like but she, but she apparently according to the people that heard her voice didn't sound black. So she was under friends like, oh, Mirko should be black. And then she was like, hi. <laughs> so it was like, it's so stupid. But like, that's, that is just to say that black does not have one sound, people. There's, and that's, I think, important to note as well that, uh, just because a character is black does not mean they're going to sound stereotypical in that sense. It's just like all, all, all different, you know? Uh, you're going to say intro? Yes. For anyone who's listening to this, do not fucking write a tweet again to HP Critical telling me that Mirko is not black. Aww. Please stop. I literally had a, a conversation oh with someone for like God, four yes. days about it. And then someone else like randomly... First of all, this happened in February and people are still finding that tweet. Do not write me about it because I'm going to tell you the same thing I always say. Okay? That's it. Uh, Kelly Gabe, do oh. you guys care about... Uh, or Sorry, rather, do you have anything to add to this conversation? No, can I? Uh, uh, well, yeah. I have something, but I didn't know if Kelly was going to talk or not. Okay, Kelly, you're muted. I was muted. Uh, so I don't really, I don't know. I I feel like we have talked about stuff like this before. It's like I feel like definitely representation is important. Um, and I think that you know, I guess people of color should voice people of color or um like that but i i feel like there's some characters that they want a certain sound for like what if you want it to sound a certain way and someone can make this voice like i I don't know i don't really um i don't know it just depends on what the director wants but i do I, i don't know if people stepping down is like i don't know it feels like why step down if you're already doing the voice but at the same time if you want to open the door for other creators i think that that's no one asked you to do it, but it, you know, I think giving people a chance is always good, no matter what, so. Yeah, and to be clear, she did this voluntarily. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Voluntarily, no one like, asked her. If, if it wasn't voluntary, then we might have be having a very, very different discussion about this topic. But, you know, this was her choice. Wait, what do you uh, mean? I respect her for it. What do you mean? Like, if they were like, <laughs> you know what, so we casted you, but we kind of want to have a black person play the black person. Uh, we're gonna have to give this role away. You think that would be unokay? That would be unacceptable, Brandon. Yeah, I, I kind of think so. To be perfectly honest, because like, it, well, it would also depend on how she felt afterwards. Like, okay, in this case, it was one hundred percent her decision, right? Let's say that. Let's give the example that she was let go, but she understood the reasoning, and I think that's okay too. Um, but if she wasn't okay with it, well, I don't know. That would say more about Aaron Fitzgerald's character, I suppose. But, like, I just think there would be more <laughs> to discuss there than, like... It, it, you can't just it's be like, like... Because, like... Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, I was just going to say, like, the fact that it's, like, amicable, like, I think of, uh, to, speaks to, to Kelly's point where, like, if she was already the character, right? Because the fact is, like, you know, I, I, I stand by what I said before, that I think that persons of color should voice persons of color, um, but, like, that's not always the case. It just it just isn't. And I don't think that necessarily makes the character worse for it. I was just gonna say, I can, I, like, I can just imagine her <laughs> having a string of tweets being like, fuck them, they fired me so some black lady could voice this black character, fuck them, how dare they. Like, you're right, like, what are you supposed to do in that situation except for sound like an asshole? Yeah. Um, okay, right, did exactly. you want to jump in on this before we move on? No, I think everything's been said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. You said that so solemnly. So, something else that came out last week. Everything's was, been said. Right? Like, I think everything's been said. That's okay. <laughs> so, something else that came out last week was a survey that shows 59% of women hide their gender while gaming to avoid harassment. Um, I want to tie that into something else as well, but let's talk about that first. Uh, obviously, it's clearly true, first of all. So, also, anyone who listen, who's listening, I'm sure if you're listening, you don't doubt these statistics. Um... Kelly, I'm going to ask you, uh, how do you feel about hearing that uh, 77% of women admit to dealing with some form of harassment while gaming? Um, I feel like that is very accurate because I have been harassed um, in online games. And I pulled up an article that has some interesting um, things in it where actually they have proven... They did a um, a study. It's on this is on BBC.com, so you know it's legit, dude. I don't uh, maybe I don't know. They they I saw a lot of articles about this, and I kind of remembered. Um, so the the men that harass women in online games, they harass women because they're of lower skill, and <laughs> they try to maintain their status by being hostile towards women. Like the higher skilled male players actually treat and are nicer to everyone. Because they their status is like high, but women are a threat to the lower level male players. Like I played, I played that game Hyperscape a couple of matches, and I wasn't really that good. But I remember there was this guy that I was carrying the team, and he was starting to harass me. And I think it's because he was literally embarrassed that I was carrying the team. Like it's a three person team, um, whatever. And like that's when I started getting harassed, and I'm like, okay, so it's someone who clearly is trying to like save face. And not look like the worst player and try to make it, you know, and just make me uncomfortable to where I would maybe, you know, leave so then they can get their status back as like, you know, whatever. But I love the title of this article. It just says, video game study finds losers more likely to harass women. And that is the best title of an article ever. Um, If you're bad at games... Like, women aren't threatening that. You're just bad, dude. I'm going to say what people have said to me on Twitch. Get good. Okay. Oh, no. End quote. <laughs> yeah. I've had to also... GG. <clears throat> G-L-H-F. Hell yeah. Look how fun. I've also had to deal with, you know, harassment. Um, I think I told you guys this behind the scenes, but sometimes when I go to, you know, restaurants, people think that I'm a woman. 
behind the the mic and that also happens when i game sometimes i don't know how my voice gets distorted over the phone or through um you know microphones or something but it always happens and they're either like this is a girl or some gay guy and i too have to mute mics because i like to cuss bitches out or used to i don't do that anymore i'm too old for that um there's a statistic that i was looking for i can't find it currently i don't know what i did still do um but it was i think it's like 41% of uh, game console owners are now women and a lot of people were like there's no way that's true like that's that's crazy um, which is you know crazy in itself that people think that that's crazy so of course when you look at these statistics it's very much like yeah I totally believe that 77% of these women are being harassed because now more female gamers are coming in like Kelly said taking that space and uh, turning it into you know them being fucking awesome and winning and then you have penises that are sad and mad because they aren't winning Uh, so fuck you limp dick bitches who are losers and harass women straight up (laughs) and with that we're gonna take a little break Welcome back, everybody. So uh, another thing that happened last week was that Fortnite generated over $100 million in revenue for Apple. Um, I'm not going to touch on that right now, uh, but just know that I think that's a ridiculous amount of money. If anybody wants to say something really quickly about it, now's your chance. I'm good. Money, money, lucky money, I guess. Fortnite uh, suing, even though they were making so much money, I'm just still mad about it. I will never not be mad about it. I will n- also off. never not be mad about it. <laughs> if I'm making $100 million and y'all are fucking up my $100 million, I'm going to be very pissed off. Yeah, we're going to court, bitches. Like, that's ridiculous. But it doesn't matter because Apple's like, owns the world. Um... Also, last week, Lego celebrated diversity with a rainbow set of minifigures, and I want to talk about that and just ask if there's anything that you guys want to see made into a Pride version. I would love if Power Rangers got, like, some Pride representation, because <laughs> there's already a lot of different colors of them, So, but I think it'd be really natural if there was, like, a ranger... That was just like like all the colors in one like a rainbow, rainbow ranger. Rainbow that would ranger. Be, you would so think that it was cute. like a thing already. Like, why is it not? You a would thing? think there's been there's been so like I, I really, honestly yes honestly like I don't know how it's not been a thing or there's there's been so many ranger colors. Like there was a Japanese ranger that kind of like a rainbow helmet, but the rest of his outfit is white. That's the closest we've gotten. But there's never been like an actual like rainbow ranger, and I would love to see one. Same. Implemented somehow. There's a a lot of pride stuff going on in uh, some games. Like Dead by Daylight has a pride charm. Um, I saw that. A couple of a couple of different games. What do you mean? It's just a little thing like that sits on your pants or like on your shirt, like that little. To be honest, that's all they give you as like charms in the game. Like that's all. But they could do like a pride, um, like med kits or whatever for their anniversary they do like stuff but i think it's their anniversary right now so mm. they maybe didn't want to do both but at the same time they could have done something they could have had like a pride med kit 
or a pride, like they do cakes or whatever. Oh my god, I really want to start playing Dead by Daylight again now because of Resident Evil. Anywho. They've done the whole, like, you know, theme sets where the entire, like, you remember the one that they did, like, the, the, the drinks? I forgot what it was. Uh, they did, like, the theme martinis and stuff, and, like, they turned all the generators into, like, they've done, like, a bunch of, okay, the point is they've done a, a bunch of cool stuff. So I was like, all I get is <laughs> they a They little... do it for their anniversary. They do, like, balloons. Yeah. Yeah. So all I get is a charm. Oh, nasty. But okay. I feel like the anniversary event is going on. But they could do something else. They could do like see, that's what I would like to see. Cosmetics, like clothing for the characters, or even just like have some of them come out. Hello, people are waiting. We the whole like day. fan Exactly. So just say it. Um But yeah, something like that would be crazy. Like that would be that's what I would like to see. Shit, okay. I, that's that's my answer then, because I... Alright. doesn't have to be rainbows. It could just be, like, characters coming out, because some... I mean, seriously, they can't all be straight. Yeah, right? Especially, God, what's her name? Uh, Mia? No way. Uh, Not straight. Not straight at all. Like, no way. Okay. There's several things I'd like. One of the first ones is, I want more rainbow-themed pops. Damn it. It's not... Oh, there you go. For anyone listening, pops. he's showing a picture of a Star Wars rainbow oh. pop figure. Then this is, oh, I guess, okay. the current line they have now. You um, have Stitch, Tina, Deadpool, Mickey, uh, Storm, Clone Trooper. Yeah, that's five. Uh, so more of those, because those are, I think, they look beautifully designed. But another thing, rainbow-themed controllers. Like, PlayStation just finished, unve- not just finished, but they unveiled their cosmic red and mm-hmm. all black one that would have been a perfect chance to throw some in there and then the freaking joy cons i mean like the joy cons are already colorful but imagine how much more color you can get with rainbow joy oh my god orange yellow on one and light green blue and purple on yeah. the other oh my god oh, that would be so oh, cute if you're listening to this we know your switch pro your super super switch super nintendo switch is coming out to us, what we're saying. I would. They should just have every color by now. Why don't they? Why don't they just have like each, like every color that you can just like mix and match? Every color. It's really it's annoying because the there's like three different reds, and I want yeah. more. Like it's so I, tacky. I want more of the like you know pastel colors, like the Animal Crossing one. Like those colors are beautiful. I have to buy a whole. Yeah, lot more orange. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, they call the red orange, and it's Yeah, I wish I could color. just get, like, pink. Yeah, I had to buy a whole Splatoon pack for a pink Wait, one. they call that red orange? No, not this one. This is the, this is the, the, the Mario oh. red one. Um, it's the original one. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that, that's yeah. what, oh. that's okay. red. Yeah, that one's more like a peachish, like a coral red, I feel like. But that it's one that Jarrell has is, like, red, yes, Mario red. red the, and sure. they have, like, three different reds, because they have another red, um, this, this Super Mario the Odyssey The Mario red. Odyssey one, yeah, is it the one? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. don't even, I have every Joy-Con ever. Um, yeah, no, Joy-Cons would be really cool. I'm gonna move on now to something else that happened last week, which was, um, un- the unfortunate passing of Berserker's creator, Miura Kentaro, and, uh, Anyone familiar with uh, Final Fantasy XIV might know that the uh, 
the um oh my god what is that class dark knight oh my god the dark knight class from final fantasy 14 is uh loosely based off of his uh manga and a bunch of players got together to dress in their uh dark knight classes and pay tribute to him and i thought it would be very pertinent for us to just mention how awesome that was and um the amount of uh, inspiration that the Berserker manga brought to video games in general as a whole. And anime. Yeah, honestly, Berserk has been like one of the most influential manga of all time. And Guts is such an iconic figure with his um, with his big sword. It's influenced so many people. The most, I guess the most notable example in today's gaming would be uh, Miyazaki, the uh, creator of the uh, Dark Souls series and Bloodborne and such. Especially Dark Souls. If you play Dark Souls, you'll see uh, a lot of references to berserk in terms of um lore and you know especially if you have a character that's wielding a great sword you're basically guts at that point it's honestly kind of shocking that that uh, fromsoft has never even developed the berserk game because i feel like it'd be really good especially with how twisted that world is like you a world like berserk is hard that seems to go really well with the mo of the from software games of being like games that are intentionally difficult like I can imagine a, a berserk video game with uh, with souls like combat to be you know appropriate just for the difficulty and how dark they would get with the with the source mirror. But anyway, that's besides the point. It, um, berserk has definitely influenced a lot of different people, a lot of different creators. Its art is very iconic. Um, it was very nice of these of, of, of the of the players of Final Fantasy fourteen to get together and honor him in this way. I think it was very nice. It also shows just how wonderful the FF fourteen community is compared to like other MMOs. Obviously, you're gonna have like some bad apples in every in, in every bunch, but at, at least for fourteen, the bad apples, uh, however many there are in that bunch, hasn't hasn't soured the batch. And you know, to the fact that they were able to do something nice like this, I, I think it's really cool. So, <clears throat> something else that happened last week, and I'm just going to round up everything that I think was pertinent before we move on to this week's news, which was uh, Bethesda mm. Starfield is coming uh, confirmed exclusively to Xbox and PC. Not surprising at all. Um, it's going to be, as right. far as we know, the first Bethesda exclusive game coming to Xbox. Um, Nintendo said there were more I wonder, games on the uh, way. Uh-huh. I was just wondering, like, I wonder if it might show up in uh, at all in any kind of form in Xbox uh Bethesda's E3 conference oh, is coming for sure. up soon. I'm sure it will. I hope so. It needs a trailer because I don't know what the game is. Yeah, none of us know. I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Also, the first project from <laughs> Final Fantasy XV's director, Hajime Tabata's new studio, uh, JP Games, will finally be released next month, and that is the Paralympics RPG, which is going to be, as far as I'm aware, the first Paralympics video game um, that's going to be able to be played, so I definitely wanted to shout that out, too. That's pretty freaking awesome. Pretty cool. Um, it is. Not to mention, Apple's done a lot for accessibility as well, so shout out to them. And the Switch has now passed over 100 uh, Nintendo Switch Online video games uh, are online titles for that service. And we also have a mega lawsuit against Cyberpunk 2077, among some other things. And is there anything that I'm missing from last week before I move on to this week that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, not particularly. I think that was pretty much everything. Uh, all I'm going to just say is for people who are cringing at the 100 games things because it seems like trash. It ain't trash. Play some of the games. They're free. They're good. <laughs> yes. And check if you don't feel our... like playing them, check out, 
Check out ESP Critical. Does it hold up past episodes and current streams to check out what games are actually good that you may not have heard of. That's all I want to say. Continue. So for this week, speaking of streams, Twitch says that being seen as sexy isn't against the rules, and they created a dedicated category for hot tub streamers. Anyone want to tackle this one? Uh, good uh, for them, I guess, but, like, I feel like there's other pertinent... Like, whatever, if it, it's, it's popular enough that Twitch decided to make a tag out of it, cool, I guess. I just really feel like we've talked about other tags that are still not on Twitch what, what right you now. Mean? No, shut up. They are. Hmm? They are. They, they made are. They the tag. There's a they trans tag, there's a bisexual tag, there's a black tag, a... They did all the tags they were talking about. I'm sorry, Brandon. I didn't mean to tell you. No, no, you're okay. Hold on. Here for this. Um, sorry. Um, I'm just saying they did the they had did the hot tubs category as hot tubs, pools, and other things because people do like days at the beach and whatever. So that would be for there. But they added like a ton of shit in tags, like three hundred. What three hundred fifty? Yeah, it was more than three hundred fifty tags. Right. Um, I did want to also Sorry, add that. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're, you're fine. very excited. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I shut up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. I promise. They also said to opt okay. into this category based on whether it aligns with your target audiences. And the reason I brought this one up specifically is because they did mention this before we got the tags, but Kelly's right. We do have 350 new tags that we are going to talk about in just a second, but wow. um, more than 350. But the reason I brought this one up is because it did have a lot of discourse with people saying that hot tub streamers aren't for Twitch and my kids use Twitch and blah, 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 and bullshit. And I just want to say that if your kids are using Twitch, you should probably know what the fuck they're watching. One. Two, if yeah. I was a hot tub streamer, I'm a, yeah. I am going to use these tags and make money from it just like everyone else uh, because if somebody wants to see me in uh-huh. a hot tub and a speedo, please let me know. It will be on my own personal Twitch channel and y'all can pay me to do that so I can continue <laughs> to work on HP Critical. Uh, but yeah, I, the, I, I wanna, think that um, argument is stupid. Mm-hmm. I just want to say this real quick because I follow a YouTube channel called Good Vibes Gaming and they have a show called Today's News Tonight where they just cover like all the news basically of the week and like three three new shows. And they were talking about this very same topic we were discussing, and he had just made an offhand comment like, well, shoot, if someone paid $69 a donation, I would get in a hot tub tonight. And then two people donated $69 that stream, and they're saying, all right, get it done. And like, oh. So he came back two days later and stream. They did their new show. He did the new show in a hot tub. Because <laughs> they paid us, two people paid us $69. Both saying nice, by the way. That's what I would do. Y'all pay... Literally, Twitter has that new donation feature. He was fully clothed, I want to point out. Oh, boo. Twitter has that new donation feature. Donate $69 to me, and I will do this podcast in a hot tub next week. Bet. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to work. But you can't even get a hot tub for $69. (laughs) Oh, true. Uh, You're going to have to pay me $1,069. And I'll be... Yeah. Um... I think that, like, okay, people saying that children use Twitch, my channel is set for mature audiences because I say the F word a lot. So, like, if they're going to click that start watching, then they're breaking the Twitch TOS anyways. So you're going to need to, like, put parental controls. They can't watch mature streams. Okay. Like, I don't... What are you doing, Gabe? Oh, my God. Okay. Wait, Kelly. Are you saying... (laughs) Kelly, are you you saying that parents should... Use parental guidance stuff for their kids so they don't watch mature stuff or play mature games? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, have you seen, like, have you been on the internet ever? 
Well, it's a it is a dark place. You, you mean to tell me that there's 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 children on Twitter? This app that's rated M for mature. Listen, like I think that children being anywhere is like gross, but <laughs> <laughs> um and ruining my day. But um on Twitch they should be supervised. Children should not be on Twitter. Wait, they're on Twitter. This is like news to me. There's some 13 ass, 12 year old ass kids on Twitter just looking at whatever naked art that people post on their Twitter because, you know, it's free for all Twitter. Honestly, I literally scroll through sometimes on my Twitter and it's just like a naked woman. I'm like, because I see stuff that people like and I'm like, like, I want to see that you like. Yeah, Gabe, your likes of naked women. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, I stopped doing. I stopped doing that as soon as I got accepted for HP Critical. I was like, no more. Stop liking um, naked- HP Critical. You can do whatever you want. Who cares? Okay. Anyways, it's just it's just to save face, just in case. It's like, oh, whatever. Um, no, but I haven't seen anyone's likes in like about three or maybe four it's years. just if they're naked women. I don't know. Oh, I guess I my followers are goody two-shoes who don't like pictures of naked women because. Well, anyways, I, that's, yeah. I'm on mute. Uh, <laughs> I see likes as well all the time. And so, you know, when I'm following game journalists, I just get a bunch of like video game stuff. And then when I'm following someone personal. I'm like, what is this? And I look and I'm like, oh, it's a friend of mine liking porn. Seriously. Whoops. Uh, I'm like, oh my yeah. god, like, this is not, and you know, if your phone's not on silent and you're out in public scrolling Twitter for video game stuff, mm-hmm. and then you, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, speaking of those tags, uh, Twitch added a, over 350 new tags to celebrate yourself and your community. They have tags related to gender, sexual orientation, race, nationality, ability, mental health, and even more. They have an entire post. I'm going to read a little bit about it <clears throat> from the uh, Twitch blog on blog.twitch.tv. And basically, I'm actually not going to read a little bit about it because I don't want to go over time. But they all, there is a section here that says keeping your stream safe. And it says our, our hope is that these new tags help every community, but especially those that are underrepresented, grow and thrive. As with, means, as with any means of discovery, there are bad actors who may use the ability to find streams for malicious purposes. Users that utilize these tags as a means to harass those displaying the tags will be subject to enforcement of our hateful conduct and harassment policy. In order to help protect against malicious behavior, we recommend creators familiarize themselves with the available moderation tools, utilize moderators on their channels, and report anyone who violates our community guidelines. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the tags, like, like I'm, like Kelly mentioned, you know, they have a black tag, they have a trans tag, they have, uh, LGBT tags, um, they have also, very importantly, they said that we will, quote, we will also- woman tag. They do. They said, uh, we will also remove references to ally from the LGBTQIA plus tag and are instead creating a standalone ally tag. These additions won't change Whoa. how tagging works and are completely optional. They simply give creators more choices. Um, and I, wow. I know that we talked about that. So I was like, good shit, Twitch. It's so crazy that you guys are trash so much. And then you finally do something that's good. Uh, but you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta shout out and give them, uh, credit where it just feels like. I kind of feel bad because I feel like they were probably working on this for maybe, like, a long time, and people just kept, like, saying, like, 
fucking Twitch. You just can't do anything. We can't get anything and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, God, we're working on it, but we're not saying it yet. Or do you think they really just waited until, like, people would not stop and then they were like, okay, we gotta do this. I just think it's the sheer amount of tags. They didn't just give one. I think they had to be working on this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I... And, like, people were just like... So mad, but like they finally like, gave us tags. Yeah, they didn't drop three hundred like in a day. Like they, had, this had to have been like some internal meetings for a while. Uh, I agree with you guys, but I also don't think it was that long. Um, I I think that. So first of all, they do mention that this was announced earlier than anticipated. And I'm pretty sure what they were going to do is wait until June 1st and be like, hey, so we know all you gay guys are out there, all you lesbians and gays and bi's and asexual and all you assholes that have been talking shit. Guess what we got for you? <laughs> Bullshit tags. I hope it makes you happy. Um, so I'm pretty sure that we're going to wait until July 1st to do this or June 1st, excuse me, to do this. And the pressure made them release it earlier. And Loki, I'm kind of happy that the pressure made them release it earlier. I don't want identifying tags that would make a better... Uh, and more diverse Twitch being used as a marketing ploy for uh, a, a LGBT month celebration bullshit. Um, uh, so I'm actually happy that they were pressured into doing this. Uh, and I don't feel bad for them because how long have... I, I don't know how long they've been working on it, but also how long have we been asking for it? Like, I, I don't feel bad for them. I feel like this is something that once you started with the LGBT tag, why did you stop there? And they do actually, <clears throat> they do actually mention that in, in the article. Uh, and I'm not going to read it because I want to move on. But anyone who does want to know their stance on that, you can totally read the article at blog.twitch.tv. They do mention that they started with this tag and they wanted to, you know, move forward. But... I feel like sometimes companies need pressure, right? Um, we talked about the Elf Cosmetics thing, and, you know, Elf has pressure. Um, I, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up really quick right now. Elf has been pressured for not having any diversity on their streams, and so now they're just reaching out to, as far as I'm aware, they've been reaching out to light-skinned, what could be passing for black women who are not makeup artists, and asking them to be a part of their stream, and they continue to pass over people like Milady Confetti, who is someone that everyone keeps saying that they should be working with. Um, and a lot of people that they have been reaching out to have just been like saying no. <laughs> They're like, no, we know what's happening. So what, what Kelly said was essentially true. They're shooting themselves in the foot and they don't get diversity right. And so to me, these companies, especially Twitch, after everything that you've been through and for being out for so many years, like how long has Twitch been this big? Like, it's been years that people have been able to make money off of streaming content to the point that Twitch is so big that it's no longer just like, you know, in the beginning it was known for gaming. Twitch is literally everything now. So to encompass so much and to wait X amount of years after being this big, after being bought out by Amazon, to finally have 350 tags, I don't feel bad that you guys were getting shit for it because I feel like this is something that is not, I don't know. But I'm assuming it's not that difficult to create tags um, for people to self-identify. Like, if if it were a, a system where, like, you had to go in and make sure that this person is this, and they can only use this tag if they represent this, and, like, if there was some back-end stuff that was, like, you know, AI-generated or something more difficult than just having individuals create their own tags, then I might be a little more lenient, but um, I'm not. 
And that's all I have to say on that. Congratulations, Twitch. Thank you for doing something right, because I know it sounds like I'm complaining, yes, but I, I'm very excited for this. I think this is really awesome. I think this is a great first step, um, and I can't wait to discover new streamers uh, uh, from my own marginalized groups. And also, thank you for removing the ally portion. And please, I'm writing an article right now. Please do not use these tags if you are not a part of that marginalized group. If you ain't black, don't use a black tag. Please, because I'm going to call you out, and I'm going to report you to Twitch's... Um, Hateful conduct and harassment policy and say you're a liar. Don't do it. If you're not LGBT, please don't do it. Use their new little ally tag bullshit, which I don't even... Personally, I don't even like that because I don't trust it. I feel like anyone could just throw it... I'm sorry. I know Kelly's making weird faces. I feel like anyone can just throw an ally tag on there and then get raided for some nonsense or um, they could do it as a joke and then, you know, I'm searching the ally tags... And, you know, I go into a stream and everybody's just talking about shit about gay people. Like, anything can happen. I don't personally like the ally tag, but... I, I feel like... I feel if you need... If you feel the need to add the ally tag, you should... You and your community should already represent what that ally tag does so that you don't need it. That's how I feel about it. And that's all I'll say about it. Does anyone else want to um, hop in on that? No, I feel like I talked so much that I just shut everyone up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> you said your piece on tags. <laughs> I think it's great. I think these tags are amazing. I'm so excited that we have them now. I think it's fucking awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, so there's also a tweet that I shared with you guys that's, that is from de Wolfo that said corporations don't care about pride. And it was a image of Bethesda France, Bethesda Brazil, Bethesda, and Bethesda ANC, and they were all, they all had the little um, square logo that were in pride colors, and then Bethesda Russia, mm. Bethesda Middle East, and Bethesda TR did not. Um, because obviously that's a whole another issue with laws in the LGBT and, and Russia, etc. Um, do you guys think that companies should just not do the whole pride flag Twitter emblem or pride flag, like, you know, cop cars in your city or like, you know, pride flag or bullshit in their video games. Or do you think it's something that should continue? I'm just curious quickly. You know, yeah. You know, obviously the cynical take is that they don't care and it's all performative. That being said, I'd rather have it than nothing, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, it is like, it is like, uh, um, like, it's Pride Month. It's supposed to be, like, the month that's supposed to honor those in the LGBT plus community. And for there to just, like, everyone to just ignore it because people are just cynical that they don't even mean it. I think that'd almost be worse, like, uh, to just be, to be ignored that way. But I'm not, but like, I'm an ally, but I'm not of the, but besides being an ally, I'm not of the community. So I don't know, like, how, how I should feel about this. All I'm saying, I think, I personally think, even if it's not genuine, it's. I think it'd be way worse to just not have any kind of like, uh, like, it, it, just pretend it doesn't. It doesn't exist. I think that'd be worse. I think that that is kind of a good point. But to be honest with you, like, what did you say? Like, it was about companies like honoring, like this. They're not. It's not Memorial Day. They didn't die. Like, it's they're supposed to have pride. Like, people in the community are proud of who they are. Yeah. Like, well, not just companies like putting up a flag, like, oh, we're, I don't know, like, I feel like it's just kind of like, okay, I, I guess, like, now we know that you're, like, cool, a cool company or something. I just feel like it's supposed to be, like, 
for people in the LGBT community, like, we're proud of this. Like, why does, like, a corporation have to put, like, a, a pride flag? Like, we're proud of them for being them? I don't know. I thought the pride thing was, like, you're supposed to be proud of who you are. Like, not, like, I, I don't know. What are the companies proud of? You know, I you never know? thought of it that way. I guess I would assume if if you're, like, Bethesda and you know that you have LGBT, you know, employees that want to feel represented you want to show them that you uh believe in who they are then i guess you would throw that up but also i completely understand like you're a corporation what are you proud of i i have no opinion on this but i do take back my opinion on the ally tag you might be wondering why uh very simply because when brandon said he was an ally i was like oh he could totally put that tag on an hp critical stream while he's there but then i was like whatever i don't actually care do what you want I'm sorry, are you anything else on this? Uh, no, I just wanted to point out, you know, when, obviously, when these corporations and these businesses, whatever, like, they change their profile pictures that include, like, you know, the pride flag or whatever, Fall Guys has actually had theirs on since they first put it on at the beginning of, not the beginning of last year, uh, last year for Pride Month, and I mean, be honest, a lot of these corporations, their signs do look better with the rainbow. So if, you know, if you want to, I guess, openly say, like, hey, you know, we support all you guys and whatnot, you know, leave your cool color designed on until, like, there's another special event or something, because... Yeah, or why can't know. we just, like, pick that all the time? Like, why can't, you know, someone just pick rainbow-colored logos on their phone or wherever, like... Yeah, like, time. why can't we just have that? It's yeah, 2021. But, hello. Why can't yeah. I have a pink Facebook thing? Come on. I agree. I actually agree with that heavily. Like, um, if if you're if you're doing like if like let's say it's a game. Let's say it's a game. Let's say you're doing like a Pride event in a game, and you're adding in like cosmetics to represent Pride Month or whatever. Can that just stay then? It's okay if you want to just time it to the release of Pride Month. That's fine. But can it just stick around? Can it not be a limited thing? Like, Pride doesn't just disappear after June, you know? I think the other thing is, too, though, like, a lot of the times they'll do this stuff. And, like, you know, for you know, Jarrell uses, you know, not Jarrell uses, but, you know, we use Black History Month as an example a lot. Month starts, you know, all these corporations, all these companies put out their statement. Yeah, you know, here for black people, despite living in a systematic racism country for the longest time and then for 28 days you know they'll i'm not gonna say they'll all but you know some of them will you know go out of there to actually highlight you know, some black characters black actors what have you they're you know tied to their company and stuff but then as soon as march 1st hits it's like it never happened um if you, it, another thing is i feel like if you're going to continue to leave Oh, God, I said that so wrong. But, like, when it comes to this stuff, like, you know, we just talked about, like, leaving, you know, the rainbow image as your profile picture or whatever. You know, if you're going to do that, you know, make sure it's a year-round thing where you're actually highlighting. You're still going to go around highlighting the LGB2, LG, I can never say this because it's a tongue twister to me, the LGBT us, right? There's a plus at the end? Or did I miss plus. a Q? I feel like I missed a Q. We got your point. Right? Yeah. Okay, you guys know what I mean. You know, if, if, if you, you know, to constantly keep them in the highlights, constantly keep <laughs> presenting them, you know, to your audience and stuff. Because again, like it's twenty twenty one. It's not like you can say like, oh, we've ran out of you know 
Like, we've ran out of people to highlight. We ran out of black people to highlight or all that. Like, no, you haven't, bro. We're, <laughs> there are like, no more black seven people. billion people in this world. Um, <laughs> yeah, like we've done them all. That, but that's literally what it feels like. Though, like, like for example, like, twenty I'm gonna use Elgato again. Elgato for every single day of Black History Month, they highlighted one specific, you know, person of color who used their, you know, their setup and whatnot. And it wasn't like, oh, this is so-and-so and they use this. Yeah, go give them like, no, it was literally throughout the day you gained facts about that person. And it's like, you can tell Elgato was actually putting forth effort. Now, obviously, of course, they're still not doing that. Like, you know, they're obviously still highly highlighting all these people, but it's no longer like with the theme of Black History Month. So, like, again, Elgato, who everyone knows Elgato, but they're not like, woo, they're not on the scale of Bethesda. They're not on the scale of, you know, um, someone give me another company, please. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a streaming company, I don't know. Let's move away from, like, games. They're not on the scale of, you know, like, Nike. The fact that a company like Elgato that actually take the time to focus on all these people individually and not make it seem like it's performative, I feel like at this point, there's really no excuse for just, you know, oh, it's Pride Month, let's throw some rainbows on our... rainbows on our profile picture and, you know, say we're here for you and then not say anything ever again. I think Twitch is completely veered from my original point. (laughs) I think Twitch is a great example of what you're talking about, right? Because in February, their front page was full of black people. I promise you since then, you will not find a black person on the front page of Twitch ever. Like, I have not seen any since then. Obviously, I don't log in every day. Uh, But it has returned to white men. Sometimes they'll splash a little white lady in there. Uh, maybe a Latinx person, if you're lucky, if you catch them on a weekend. But that's pretty much it. Um, but to counterpoint, as a counterpoint, I do think sometimes it can be hard for companies to just leave a, a, you know, a rainbow or a, or a, you know, black fist or whatever throughout the year. And I say that because ours was there for HP Critical for a very long time. Like, I don't know if you guys knew, but the Twitter one was there for so long. I did not change it until our merch store opened. And that was just because we were going to have merchandise with the actual logo. So I wanted anyone who was looking for it to be able to recognize it and find the original logo there with what we had because the new one was um, redesigned uh, for uh, LGBT uh, history or sorry, Black History Month and uh, uh, Pride Month. And it was there for over a year, I think. Um, but I do think that companies also have to remember that sometimes when people are looking for you or if they're looking for a representative of what you are, if they're looking for your specific logo for something, um, you have to... And I, I don't even really feel this, but I do think that sometimes you do have to take into consideration what you're doing. So, like, if E3 is coming up and you want... And you have, like, a big announcement, you want your company to be what it is, um, that's when you might not want a rainbow there, right? You don't want your message to get... This is going to sound horrible. But you don't want your message to get misunderstood, right? Like, if... if, if and this is also going to sound horrible. But if I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm an indie game developer and I want the most amount of people to get my game and I know E3 is coming up and I have this rainbow and I'm like, oh my God, everyone that is anti-LGBT is not going to even give my game a chance when they see this. 
uh, or or I want to represent my game at E3 so that when it's shown off at Xbox, people see my actual logo, I'm going to make sure that my logo is what it is, right? I'm not going to have, you know, the rainbow logo up, or I'm not going to have a black fist up, or I'm not going to have this or that. And I think that sometimes that may be why companies will remove it. But I also... I also, I say that just as a counterpoint, I completely agree with everything you guys said. Like, don't just do it, and then, don't do it performatively, and I think a lot of times these companies do that. Um, Yeah. So, anything else on that? (laughs) So, speaking of Black History Month, which I, for once, didn't bring up, uh, (laughs) just, uh, (laughs) it wasn't me this time. Um, uh, Not really even speaking about Black History Month, but Kevin Fake, is that how you say his name? Fake? Fake? Kevin Fake? Feagy. Feige? Is that really how you say his name? Yeah. Color my mind blown. Kevin Feige regrets whitewashing the Ancient One in Doctor Strange, and he says it was a wake-up call. We thought we were being so smart and so cutting-edge. This is an article um, from IGN.com written by J. Kim Murphy. As we all know, Tilda Swinton was the actress who played the Ancient One in 2016's Doctor Strange. Um, and here's a quote from the article. It says, The production came under fire for casting a white actress as a character that has been historically p- portrayed as an Asian as an Asian male. Oh my gosh. Uh, though Marvel Studios offered a justification for Swinton's casting at the time, Kevin Feige has now stated that he regrets the decision. He said, We thought we were being smart and so cutting-edge. We're not going to do the cliche of the wizened old wise Asian man, but it was a wake-up call to say, well, wait a minute, is there any other way to figure it out? Is there any other way to both not fall into the cliche and cast an Asian actor? Uh, And the answer to that, of course, is yes. Um, I will read one more quote. It says, we talked about Asian actors who could do it, but when I envisioned that character being played by an Asian actress, it was a straight-up dragon lady. Um, This is from director Scott Derrickson. He said, I know the history of cinema and the portrayal of the Dragon Lady in anime Wong films and the continued stereotype throughout film history and even more in television. I really felt like I was going to be contributing to a bad stereotype. Um, And the last statement here says, "The the Ancient One is a title that is not exclusively held by any one character, but rather a moniker passed down through time. And in this particular film, the embodiment is Celtic. That was Marvel's um, official statement on the casting of Tilda Swinton. Um, so, <laughs> any thoughts on Tilda Swinton being cast or Kevin Feige's response of regretting the casting decision? It's gotta suck. I, I will start by saying yeah. really quick, that's gotta suck. Like, if I was her, <laughs> and then, like, 2016, 2021, he's like, yeah, I totally regret casting this white woman for the part. Like, why did you cast me in the first place? You know, like, yeah. why would you do that? But yeah, go ahead, Brandon. There's a lot to unpack with this because I feel I really feel like this was uh, just an example of of good intentions, but overthinking this because yes, in the comics, you know, like like he said, like. I, and now let me clear. Let me clarify. I did not know who the ancient one was before I saw Doctor Strange in 2016. That's something I looked up into before going to the I didn't know the character, um, but I didn't really think twice about it at the time until like you know this really came up. But like you know, again, like he said, he wanted to like not do the stereotype of having old Asian man be the teacher of the magical arts thing, which has been done many times before, and I'm sure it was the idea when the character was originally created in the comics. So they said, well, why don't we do something different? We'll cast a Celtic woman 
to be the ancient one this time, and it will be so different. And now, you know, years later, it's like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good idea. I feel like it's a situation where, like, <laughs> even if they went with the original stereotype, they probably would have also had a problem five years later or some years later. Like, I think the the honest solution probably would have been to, like, cast, like, an Asian woman to do the role. Like, that that seems to be the solution. But again, also, I like, I go back to my original statement, I think this was kind of, like, a good intention, but overthinking it. Like, and that's really just what comes to me in this situation. I don't know what else to say about it, really. I think that just a little bit of creativity could have taken an Asian character and not made it a caricature or, like, a stereotype. Like, they could have just casted a person and just made it different. Like, some writing changes could have made that not stereotypical. And I feel like now it's easy to say, oh, we put a white woman in the role. Oh, well, you know, I really wanted to not be stereotyping. Uh, okay, it's easy to say that now. I mean, Tilda Swinton is a great actress. Okay, we're not we're not saying that. Um, obviously, she got the role for that reason. You know, they were casting a woman. She was a really good actress. Um, but, like, there were other ways to make it not stereotypical. Um, they could have just, like I said, they could have written it differently. They could have done a lot of things with it. I think that coming out now is just kind of weird unless was there like people complaining like i don't know why this is all of a sudden coming out maybe he really just regretted the decision i mean you'd think that like a large blockbuster hit like this you would maybe like you know mull these things over uh, a little bit more but um like i said i i thought that the character was great to be honest but i could see it being a different person like i don't it was kind of weird that it was her to me, to be honest, I was just like, this is strange. Like, and I know the movie is called Dr. Strange, but that was just <laughs> super strange to me. Um, I was just like, this is weird. It was like off-putting. It, it like, she's a good actress, but I was just like, this is awkward. Like, I don't really like the character being like that. It was weird to me, but that's just me. I just, eh. That was the other thing too. It's like, um, you know, barring barring her um, gender and ethnicity, she was very atypical to what a typical, like, um, I don't know, magical sensei would even be, like, the way her character was. Like, she definitely, like, like, like she definitely did not act like a typical... Like, of course, she, like, imparted information, had codes, guidelines, or whatever, the same thing, any other... But the way she handled things was different. The way she was teaching him about the ancient arts, or even that part where she's... Stuck him in the snow and like lighted him to warp down. She's like, she he, he'll be back any minute now. <laughs> and she's just like, she started getting nervous. Like, oh, what if I was wrong? <laughs> and he's just gonna die in the snow. So there's stuff like that where she just like wasn't typical. And like you said, it it, it could have been in the they could have had the, uh, some Asian male actress actor and like maybe not have been stereotypical if it was that similar kind of characterization. You don't like just because you have this and this doesn't mean it has to be this. So, yeah. can I ask a question? Because mm-hmm. I'm not well versed in uh, Marvel films. Um, how many Asian characters are in Marvel films? Because, um, one, how many Asian characters are there? And then, two, isn't like, I, I, you're going to have to educate me here, isn't the, the like one Asian guy in Doctor Strange, isn't he just like the Asian sidekick anyway? Is he not just, like, the... Wong? Is that not, like, his thing? Not only that, my next question for them is, why is 
if you want to differentiate yourself and you don't want to do the whole, like, Asian old, you know, wizened person, why is your first go-to a white woman? Like, why is that? You're like, oh, we don't want to do this old Asian thing. Let's just, let's just put a white lady in there and call it a day. Like, why was that your creative answer? Like, out of everything else you could have done with that role, you decided that what you were going to do is just place a white woman there. And this goes directly back to the conversation we had about that article, which was, you know, putting a white woman in your game is not like, it's not the new, oh, I'm so cool thing. It literally is just the next step. Like this, I think is the perfect example of what that article was mentioning because they want to do diversity, but they don't want to be stereotypical. So they just, oh, take a white lady, throw her in there, call her Celtic. Let's go. But yeah, I'm sorry. How many well, Asian characters are in yeah. in Marvel films? There, there's a, there's there's more than you might think. Like, that I mean, are, if like we're talking act- about just Doctor Strange. If we're talking about just Doctor Strange, like it's Wong. I wouldn't necessarily even consider him a, like a sidekick necessarily, though. Like, if anything, for most of the movie, he was kind of like a mentor, one of the mentors to uh, Stephen Strange, and then kind of near the end, they became kind of like they they kind of like. Fought to, uh, fought together. It's 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 strange. Their their relationship definitely evolved in, during the movie. I actually right. like Wong's character. How many black women are in Marvel films aside from Black Panther? Black women? Because I don't care. That's a yeah yeah. Besides Black Panther, that's that's a much tougher uh, tougher. Uh, like, there you go. You want atypical old yeah. wizen, and they just pass it down. Why you couldn't just have a really cool black lady in the in the uh, in the role, right? Or why couldn't you just find an Asian and do it? The well, yeah, it if, be? like if you're gonna stray so- from the comics, if you're gonna go just stray from the comics anyways, it doesn't have to be just, like, a white person. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to stick to it, I can see why you would pick, like, only an Asian person or only this or that, but if you're going to stray from it anyways, and it doesn't have to be accurate, the casting choices, I'd be like, okay, you know? you And like I said, they could have just totally written the character differently. If they're going to stick a white woman in there anyways, they could have totally written the character differently. And I only bring that up. And I, I, I only bring that up because of their defense, which was like, "Oh, they pass it down. It can be anyone." Okay, so if if they're gonna pass it down and it can be anyone, why is it not anyone? <laughs> like, well, I guess it is anyone. But like, why, why, why was white woman your go to in that sense? You know, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know because I don't. I, I, I've seen a number of the films, but not all of them. Um, and I don't know how many you know Asians were in Thor or in Iron Man or in whatever other movie came out, aside from Doctor Strange. So I don't have the repertoire to actually see I can't, this. to be honest, I can't think of any. There's Hogan, there's Hogan and Thor. He's a, he's Asian. I mean, as Guardian, but he's an Asian actor who plays the role of Hogan. I don't think I've seen I just any can't, brown literally, Asians. I don't. Name a main character. Like, I don't. No, there hasn't been one. Okay. Shang-Chi would be the first. Shang-Chi would be the first, but there hasn't been a main before that. I can't think of even one. Like, I can't even think of one. Like, at all. But then again, I've seen them, like, maybe once all the way through. That's that's why I'm asking, but then I'm also just like, you know, out yeah. of the movies that I have seen, you know, even looking at the Avengers, I, I don't, I can't think of any, and I'm like, why would you take that opportunity away from an Asian actor or actress? Like, I don't understand, and then your excuse is kind of trash. But that's all I have to say on that, unless somebody can provide me with the list, listeners, send me a list of Asian... When it comes, the thing is, when it comes to the Avengers, though, like, 
this is kind of like the thing between like the Eternals and the Avengers. Like I've seen some idiots like like oh why is the Eternals cast so diverse? I'm like well because you look at the comics because that's just generally how they are. They come from around the world. They're not what you're used to, which is the Avengers, which you know usually come from America. So that's why they're all a bunch of white people, uh, excluding Black Panther and um. Okay, she Thor did show. not come from America. She just though, had a so. show. But he's still white. <laughs> yeah. What is his name? The Falcon, Sam Wilson. Like, aside from those, yeah, but Thor's like the, it, Thor's like the alien species of the whole group. Like that's the thing. Like I'm not defending them, but like that's why the Avengers is so like hoity-toity white people. It's because it's usually based within America. Can I also say, I don't think that we should be, on to that point, I don't, I'm not asking them to change the Avengers, right? I'm not asking y'all to yeah. make Thor a black lady. Like, I'm not asking for that at all. Give me what the comics gave me. Mm. Do, pro- <laughs> do proper representation. I'm, I 100% am not asking for them to change the Avengers. Um, but what I am saying is because the Avengers are all white, when you have the opportunity to put an Asian character, why would you make it another white person? Like, that's my whole point here. Like, you t- if you're keeping the Avengers the way that they are, but you're taking this character out of the comic and changing them, why do you revert back to white woman for that? Like, that that's my whole point. I don't think we should change the Avengers. I understand why they are the way they are, and I'm not complaining about that. I think it's... I think they're wonderful. I think they're all great actors and actresses. I think they were cast really well. I'm not complaining about that. I just wanted to make that clear. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is the one time that you do have diversity, you change it and take it away. <laughs> like, you already have all of this. I don't <laughs> understand. I don't get it. Um, <clears throat> shall, 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 we, shall we move on? Everybody's good. Everybody's had their say. Uh, so stop, top, stop, stop, stop. Steam, Steam, top selling games for the week ending in May 23rd, um, ordered by revenue, the amount of money that they made. Number one was Days Gone. Number two was the Mass Effect Remaster. Number three was Biomutant, which was a pre-order. Number four was Red and Evil Village. Number five was Subnautica Below Zero. Number six was Red Dead Redemption 2. Number seven was Valve Index VR. Number eight was The Witcher 3. Number nine was It Takes Two. And number ten was Cyberpunk 2077. I bring this up because that's last week's, like, uh, you know, made the most money on Steam. I bring this up because I was so confused as to why Cyberpunk is in the top ten for Steam sales. I was also confused as to why Red Dead Redemption 2 is number 6. Am I missing something? Are people just... Are they on sale? Are people currently buying these games? Like, I, I, like, I know we had discussions about Days Gone, and everybody talks about how broken it was, and then we had that article about how bad it was, and then we got it for free, and now it's, like, number 1. Uh, did, I, were any of you surprised by these by this list? Like, th- any thoughts on this? It'd be mods. Um, yeah, they, oh if it's on Steam, it might be mods. Also, I saw this uh, go as Kickstarter for some Witcher thing. Mm. So that could be why the sales. There's like a, a board game or something that's been backed on Kickstarter mm, from The right. Witcher. It's called Old World. Anyways, I saw it. It was like advertised to me because I back a lot of games on Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, so, um, but that could be why. And also, yeah, mods. And I think that. Red Dead Redemption 2 has, like, a multiplayer or something that got people kind of back into it. Okay. There was something about a character. I can't remember. Oh. Um, but, I, yeah. 
think I just remembered something. Was uh, was it this week or last week that they announced that GTA Five was coming to in November for PS Five and Xbox? I don't remember. Series. I think it was last because week. that because if that you know that's obviously a Rockstar game as well. You know that could have people just be like, man, I can't wait to play GTA. I'm just gonna play another Rockstar game in the meantime, another open world Rockstar game. And GTA, it might have... but country. GTA, but country. <laughs> that's somewhat what Red Dead Redemption Two is. So yeah, maybe that's the <laughs> mentality. It is the same. Instead of like stealing a Lamborghini, you steal a horse, horse and <laughs> like yeah. so, you crash the horse, you run people over with the horse. There you go. They're preparing for a GTA. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of you guys have played Overwatch? Just, just you, Gabe? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I, I, I think oh, we mentioned, yeah, I think we mentioned that, um, PvP in Overwatch 2 is going from 6v6 to 5v5, correct? Oh. Okay, yeah. I see that Gabe feels some type of way about that. There is a uh, comic from Penny Arcade, and I'm not gonna read the whole comic, but basically, the whole subject of the comic is, um... What happens if a decision is made that forces you to lose your job, right? So there's always been, you know, uh, uh, six slots, two tanks, two healers, two DPS, however however you want to do it, right? But in the Overwatch League, you have the characters that play tanks. And essentially due to this, those people who have made a living off of esports and Overwatch, you know... It comes down to either you're on reserve and you don't get paid as much or you don't get paid at all or you completely lose your job off of the spot because now it is a five-person team. Um, I wanted to bring that up and see how you guys felt about companies making decisions like this, going from a, an established 6v6 from, what was it, like 2016 to 2021, and then changing it to a 5v5, and how that affects the team and the players. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts on that specifically, uh, being Overwatch players? I think it's bullshit. I'm not saying this just because I myself am a tank player, and now I have to learn new characters, which I refuse to do for the past five years, because it's so easy to be Reinhardt. Um, it is. <laughs> I, it, it, you just swing your hammer and block, bro. Um, but I, this isn't even one of those instances where like Blizzard was like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna experiment with it, but you know, we're also still gonna leave the six v six. I feel like you really kind of just hold your fist up into like this steel fist and just like hit them in the ball sack with that. Because to be honest, I'm not saying Overwatch was ever close to being a dead game. But OWL did, you know, give Overwatch a lot of publicity. But they, they, they did bring to light a lot of what Overwatch was. And, you know, you look at it and someone... I wasn't really into the competitive scene. But, you know, I would go on Twitter and I'd follow people who were into the competitive scene. You know, they, they'd start tweeting about all these matches and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? So I went to go watch a couple of matches. I'm like, wow... This is actually pretty fun because it's very intense. And I feel like what Activision did, Blizzard did, like, I don't know. Like, there's no way I can justify it. There's no way I can defend them or see their point of view. I just think what they did is pretty shitty because it's not even like it's, you know, a team of five and there's no specific roles. It's There's a team of five and the part that gets cut is a tank. And a lot of tank players, whole repertoire is just playing other tanks. So, you know, you might have a person who's primarily a Reinhardt player, but then their secondary is going to be an Arisa or a D.Va or 
whatever the fuck that hamster is called. Emmy. Um, I don't think it was his name either. But, <laughs> but like, you know, and, yeah. And now, and now not only are you forcing them to either, you know, go ahead and sit back, be a reserve. Now you're going to be forcing teams to kind of hold auditions, not auditions, but, you know, kind of, it's going to be like one of those, like, oh, you want to learn this new player and you want to have a starting spot. So now you're going to have to do, you know, you're going to have to compete with this one person who's been playing this role for the longest time and they already have a leg up on you because they've been playing this person for the last five years and you've been playing Mr. Hefty Hefty Hammer Swing over there. So I'm not, I'm actually pretty disappointed in that change. Wasn't a fan of it. Again, not just saying this because I'm primarily a tank player. But yeah, it's it's pretty shitty. I don't I don't it, and it's going to be interesting to see how all these OWL teams move forward now. I want to see what their plan of action is going to be, you know, as to not make that one tank player feel left out. So, quick question. Games like League and the like are all 5v5, right? I don't know. I don't play those. Um, so I'm pretty sure a lot of those titles are 5v5, and Overwatch came out as the 6v6. So I think I understand why you would go from a 6v6 to a 5v5, because that seems to be the standard. The problem is you can't start with a 6v6, screw up, and go back to a 5v5, and then, you know, always... Tanks are always fucked. Like, <laughs> tanks always get fucked in every every situation. And I just thought, yeah, uh, the, the comic does say, you know... Uh, most people don't lose their job from patch notes. And I was like, that is heavy as fuck. But also so true. I feel like Blizzard just keeps fucking up left and right. Um, but thank you for that impassioned response, Gabe. Uh, Kelly, did you want to jump in on that before I move on? Uh, good. Okay. Everything is said that needs to be said. <laughs> Great. So PlayStation is developing an AI AI agents that will play games with you. They're collaborating with Sony's artificial intelligence department in order to create AI agents that can play games alongside human players. Uh, this was revealed within Sony's latest corporate strategy meeting documents. The notes explain that Sony AI will, um, which we established last year, has begun a collaboration with PlayStation that will make gaming experiences even richer and more enjoyable. By leveraging reinforcement learning, we are developing game AI agents that can play that can be a player's in-game opponent or collaboration partner. Uh, these AI agents may be related to a recent patent from Sony entitled Automated Artificial Intelligence Control Mode for specific for playing specific tasks during game applications. This is an article from IGN written by Matt Perslow. Um, I think this is a really cool idea, honestly. I would love, like, I, I'd like to play games a lot. Sometimes I don't get to play with friends. If there was, like, a learning AI bot that could play with me, I would be like, all right, let's go. But I'm also 100% sure it'd be trash. Uh, so I'm just like, eh, I don't know. But I just, I think this is a really cool idea, right? Like, I want to practice a fighting game, but I think the AI in the fighter sucks. And I can actually use, you know, a learning AI from PlayStation or... If I don't have a full team on Overwatch and it's a 5v5 and I got four and I don't trust anyone to play with me or if there's any multiplayer game, like I want to play It Takes Two but my friends aren't around, I think this is really cool. Uh, thoughts on it? All I ever wanted was a friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I think that this could have some cool applications for um, the reasons that you said. Um... 
you know, I hope I hope when uh whenever it comes out, it actually works well, and it's not just a computer player because we already got those. So if it has adaptive learning, like you said, and it just yeah, there's potential here for sure. I'd rather see how it develops. I, more more uh, personally, more out of curiosity than anything else. But yeah, I'm curious. I want to see how it goes. <laughs> I love that it's mostly out of curiosity. I don't have any run throughs. Run throughs if it takes two, I could do with an AI computer friend. As soon as soon as I heard play with you, I'm like, hello, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also interested. I'm also interested to see, like, feel like no, feel you like n- no, but like I feel like I like I'm wondering, like, will, will you be? Will you be able to take them into like multiplayer games with you? Like, for example, like Call of Duty, like. I, I feel like that's a big no. Yeah, I feel like no, no because, like, at the same time, like, that my friend. fucking cool. Like, me and my AI buddy are gonna fuck you. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I've just exposed myself to, I feel like, uh. to all our listeners how lonely I am. Like, I don't have friends that I play all these games with, but I'm just interested to see what they do with that. That sounds pretty cool. Wait, like, can you name your AI bot? Like, is that a thing you can do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're on the PS5, profile. it's like, it's like, what would you like to name your AI bot? They're like, you get hours just thinking yeah, about I can just imagine people are, like, explaining, like, no, my girlfriend is real. She plays Call of Duty with me. Yeah. Her name is, like, RJ97. Hello. Feral Gamer 21 is, is is going to mow down Call of Duty with his robot. Her name friend, is HK47. Sexy Hot Girlfriend 42069. That's what I named her. Imagine if you if you see me playing online and all of a sudden in my squad you see Lady D69, that's me. Oh my god, can you imagine? Can you like set their skill level? Like the really low low level males will be like, okay, I need this bitch to play worse than me, or else I'll have to like harass. A and robot. You have, you have to program Lady D sixty nine to call all your male opponents stupid man things. Yes. Yeah, Yo, this... you're such a bot, stupid man thing. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. That's officially the best. Ethan invention. Winters. <laughs> That's officially well, well. the <laughs> best invention. Um, so speaking of, um, wait, oh, hold on a second. Speaking of PlayStation doing patenting things, um, they have mm-hmm. an article over at the SEI blog titled Creating a World with No Limitations, celebrating GAAD to raise awareness about accessibilities and providing resources. Uh, GAAD is the Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Um, So they decided to, like Apple, they decided to celebrate Global Awareness um, Accessibility Awareness Day by mentioning how the PlayStation was uh, gaming for everyone and supposed to be uh, accessible. Uh, And they they go on to talk about some of the things that they do, like collaborations. They talk about... um, what they do in games such as accessibility options for The Last of Us Part Two, uh, Mar- Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, and a number of other things. And I, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was very important. I always I always do discuss how um, Xbox is really, really good at accessibility. But I do think that the PlayStation 5 is another title that moving forward is really leaning more into accessibility. So I just wanted to give a shout out to PlayStation 4, that accessibility. And really quickly want to talk mm-hmm. about uh, the Disney Spider-Man ride featuring physical microtransactions. 
you know, Michael Chin's <laughs> actions are a thing in video games, as we know. But according to this article at GameSpot, GameSpot, you would be able to essentially go on the Spider-Man ride and purchase a deluxe web swinger that you can use during the ride um, that you pay more money for. You do get to take it home and keep it, but uh, this article considers it a physical microtransaction. How do you guys feel about going to Disney, getting on the Spider-Man ride, and seeing other people have paid money to do a little bit extra with web slingers in uh, in your Disney experience while you're just sitting there because you didn't buy the microtransaction bullshit? I gotta ask, is that a one-time payment thing? Like, if you have the Luxor, like, let's say you go back to Disneyland, can you use that again? I am under the assumption that, because you get to keep it, I am hoping that you don't have, that you can use it when you come back. I, I yeah. don't think it would make sense to, like, you know, purchase it and then buy another of the same thing later on. Then, in that case, I don't know if microtransaction is quite the right word. I mean, I guess kind of, but it's not what I would... Because Disney has a lot of premium services where you pay a little extra money to get, like, a different thing. Like, hell, you can go to, uh, I don't know, you can go to Epcot, go to the, um, what is it? Go to, like, the like the fireworks show and pay a little extra to get, like, really good seating with, like, dessert, too. I don't consider that a microtransaction. That's, like, a premium service. It's been, like, microtransaction I would define as, like, like again, like a like game where you can play, like, a little extra to, like, get, like, new stuff, like, constantly. If this is kind of, like, just, like, a one-time, it's a premium, it's a premium thing, not a microtransaction. Which, I guess microtransaction is a premium. I don't know. Like, I guess, I, I guess it's not wrong to call it that, but it's just not the word I would think of to describe this. You know, when I found out that you could take it home, I was like, well, this is not a microtransaction anymore. <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, thought, it's yours. Yeah. You, got, you purchased a product yeah. at that point. And, uh, when I read it, I was... You gotta, like, go gotta like, refill your web slinger or something. It just failed to mention that in the article, but yeah, that's not... I don't see microtransaction. That's the right word for that. Yeah, if you have to, if you have to like re- constantly pay money to refill your web slinger to do this attraction, like that, <laughs> then they're like, "Oh yeah, that's microtransactions." But it's like, <laughs> who wrote that? And then it's like ex Disney employee at the bottom, like oh. slander. Uh, talk about it. They do that stuff at Universal. <clears throat> yeah, they do that stuff at Universal, anyways. Like you pay for the Harry Potter ones that are interactive, like. It's an extra experience that not everyone gets. You have to buy something. I don't consider that a microtransaction. But those aren't part of... Actually, I don't care to go... They're not part of a... Ride as well. Well, they're not part of a ride, technically, but they are part of, like, being in Hogsmeade or wherever, like... Yeah. And I brought it back to Harry Potter because I always do. Anyway, (laughs) let's go on. Yes, let's. So, uh, there's an article at fanby.com titled, Inside IGN's Battle for Editorial Independence, Amaral has never been this low, and IGN employees say a week after confronting their parent company. Um, whoo! This has been really interesting to watch. I'm gonna just, you know, scale over this just a little bit, um, and then we can talk about it for a bit and move on. So uh, there was an article uh, posted uh, over on IGN that had a bunch of links to help donate to uh, Palestine um, or Palestinians uh, based on what was happening in the world. It got taken down uh, by corporate um, at the expense of some IGN employees who had worked really hard to get it put up and put out. And a couple of them wrote an open letter 
to corporate saying how they were disappointed and they felt as if their free free speech was being taken away. And this is obviously me um, paraphrasing a lot. I would suggest that you go read the free letter yourself, uh, the letter yourself instead of listening to what I have to say about it. Uh, and it seems as if some of the higher ups have finally responded. <clears throat> So I'm going to read a little bit about this and then ask you guys your opinion on it. Uh, it. Here is a quote from this article that says, where is it? Okay, so it says the trouble began when the site's parent company, J2 Global, seemingly removed an article on the site titled How to Help Palestinian Civilians, which acted as a call to readers for humanitarian uh, aid, all without editorial input or authorization. Unfortunately, the situation only appears to be growing more complicated and intense. The action was seen as a major step over the boundary between corporate and corporate ownership and editorial independence traditionally expected in free journalism and indeed necessary for its continued credibility. Uh, certainly several dozen IGN staffers thought so. Two days after the article was removed, 82 out of the 238 IGN employees signed a public statement to express their disapproval and plead their case for common editorial independence. Uh, and I would just like to shout out those people because this was really, like... One of them has actually been on the podcast, um, so I, I definitely want to shout out the bravery for these people and condemn anyone who's saying that they should quit their job over um, this situation. I just want to put that out there really quickly. <clears throat> Anyway, the article uh, goes on to say that the chief content officer and site co-founder Pierre Schneider assured staff that the corporate was that corporate was listening and the proper people had supposedly seen the complaints and were open to a discussion. The mood turned uh, tenuous but optimistic given Schneider's comments. The letter of disapproval originally set a date for May 21st, 2021 to hold said discussion between all involved parties. Schneider told the editors they would at least be included in those conversations. So essentially, uh, Schneider would go to uh, speak to uh, the above sources to talk about the situation. <clears throat> But it seems the reverse now appears true. During the week, Schneider backtracked his earlier statements internally, suddenly placing all the blame for the original article's removal and the ensuing fallout on himself. If that were true, it would make the issue an entirely editorial matter, magically absolving J2 Global and Diff Davis of the corporate interference of which they were accused. Our sources maintain this version of events was a very sudden change in narrative. One described it as Schneider falling on the sword. Up until that point, just a few days ago, the chief content officer never named himself or any editor uh, as the source of the original decision. Now morale is at an all-time low following a further all-hands meeting attended by Ziff Davis President Steve Horowitz. The executive described the issue as a purely IGN editorial problem, which IGN editorial, and by extension not its parent company, would clean up itself. So, essentially, the short version of that is this guy said, we'll talk to the, the higher-ups at J2 Global and Ziff Davis, because we, uh, we've we heard your complaints. Then after he after that, he came back and said, okay, so I was the one who made it come down. It's my fault. You know, the decision was mine to make, um, and we'll see what we can do about it going forward. Very much seems like uh, he had this conversation, and he has to take the fall for this, and like the article mentions, it's no longer an editorial... Uh, it's no longer a higher-ups issue. It is now just an editorial issue. Um... And of course, this happened. This happens uh, right before E3. So we're. I am personally just hoping for the best for everyone at IGN who signed that letter, and um, mm -hmm. and just hoping that things can uh, be handled properly for them. What I do want to ask you guys is: um, Has there ever been a situation in which you uh, have had to take the fall for something, or you've had a higher up take the fall for something that necessarily wasn't their fault? And how do you handle a situation like that? 
Or, and if it does, if you don't want to do a personal example, how do you feel about this uh, specific example in general? Like, how do you feel that this has been playing out? That's kind of shocking, honestly, like hearing these developments, because I didn't hear about this latest development, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I'm just so curious of what the behind the scenes are. I'm sorry. This, like, There's one thing that I meant to mention that this article says that I did not, and it says, quote, Horowitz further attempted to pit employees against each other by asserting several people who signed the open letter were coerced or tricked into doing so. Though he did not provide any evidence of that claim, he did, however, point to the number of employees who did not sign the letter as proof that most of the company did not support it. That was the quote that I actually wanted to read. Sorry, continue. Mm. Well, that's another thing, too, because that's... Yeah, uh, there's there's something we don't know. There's something that is not being privy to, like, the public. Like, this is new information, and this sudden turn by Peter is, like, kind of um, sudden, and I just wonder the validity of it. I, I don't know how to feel about this just yet, because, again, I really feel like there's, there's, there's something we're not being told about this entire situation. So... I personally would rather wait until it develops a little more before I really give, like, a firm opinion on this. Alright, so the only thing I will say is, what is trash is having a, um, having someone that's a higher up try to pit employees against one another. Um, yeah, I suck. think that that's is terrible. so low down. Um, I think that the people who signed this are really brave because I, I'm not gonna, I, I, the only thing I'm gonna tackle here is, uh, free speech being taken away. I think that that is exactly what mm-hmm. this is. Um, and I think that is totally and completely unfair. And I think to try to, uh, try to out or put people against those who were brave enough to stand up for their spe- free speech is kind of trash. Um, yeah. so let's talk about something happy. Which is uh, all the information released this week, uh, starting with the uh, release date for Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is okay. January uh, that was January. Yeah, uh, and we had heard that it was coming out in January. I'm sorry, no, sorry. Mm-hmm. We we heard that it was coming out in 2022. We didn't know when. We got the surprise of it coming out in January. Brandon. Tell me, because you, yes. you asked this in chat. Tell me. How does this make you feel? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so honestly, I, I'm quite mixed about this because Diamond and Pearl, Shining, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl also got their release dates, which is November 19th, I want to say. So we're looking at only like a two-month turnaround between this and Legends Arceus. And that concerns me a little bit because, you know, uh, these are two ostensibly mainline Pokemon games. And we're really only getting, like, two months to, like, really, like, uh, divide them. And I don't think that's really enough time, especially for RPGs, because I feel like for some people, once the, the, the like, there's, I don't know how many people they expect to buy both. Like, it's Pokemon. You know what? I'm probably, I'm, I'm lowballing it. I'll, 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 I take that, I take that part back. But surely there's going to be some people that, you know, they'll play uh, Shining, Pearl, the, the Diamond Pro remakes. I'm just going to say that because it's complicated. <laughs> The Diamond Pro remakes, 
they won't be finished because they're playing a lot of other games and Legends Arceus comes out and I'm like, well, shit, I didn't finish this one. I won't be getting Legends Arceus. Or vice versa. People just may not be interested in the Diamond Pro remakes right now because they are remakes, you know, after all. They'd rather just play the new thing. So they'll just go right into uh, that and just skip out on the other one. I just think two months is really close for like mainline Pokemon. It was to be a different if it was like a spinoff because a spinoff may not necessarily apply to anyone. That's expected. But if they're like trying to maximize sales, that's a little weird. Now, the other thing why I'm concerned about them saying, hey, January 2022, because like you said, Jarrell, they had said uh, right when this game was first announced, early 2022. So your assumption would probably be like, okay, this March, is an ambitious maybe. game, so probably March, March, maybe late April or something like that. And they say January. It's like, oh, oh, January. Oh, you really sure you're going to have this game done? And, you know... If you're like just like waving your back to the to the stands there, the, declaring that you're gonna get that home run, I hope you can like 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 it turns out sublimely by the time you because they locked this day down. They didn't have to lock it down this early. Let's be real. Like they could have waited till June. They could have waited till August to give us this day. Now we're in May, and they said this is coming out late January. There's the date. We're sticking it to the wall. And like, okay, I guess you guys you guys know. And, like, the people who are saying, oh, it's too soon, that game was, like, running 5 FPS. Like, dude, they, that that's, like, they have eight months to work on this game. That's they'll, they'll be able to do it if they said they'll do it in January. But I'm just wondering that, like, I guess it's cool that we got the date this soon. But I'm just really hoping that if they announce it this soon, they're just, like, ready to do it. And no one's getting crunched, too, you know? Well, I will say that you have eight months, so... To your for to your earlier point of oh you want to uh, have to buy both you got eight months to save up <laughs> to afford both so it's very nice to know that you're getting uh, if you want both if you want both uh, but also to your other point I I think as far as I'm aware uh, Ar- Arce- Legends Arceus is uh, one of those titles that is not going to be multiplayer it's not going to have any like it battling or it. anything yeah. so it's not. It's not a mainline Pokemon title that we'd all rush out to go buy and play with friends. Therefore, I do think it's okay for it to release in such close proximity to um, the the Diamond and Pearl remakes. I don't see it as that big of a deal, but that's also just me because I am a Pokemon fan who's going to buy it anyway. And I think, uh, you know, they can easily bank on my money and money from a lot of other people. (laughs) So uh, I don't think it's too bad of an issue. The only concern I have about all these announcements is I really, really wish that they would have shown new trailers or something. Literally, literally it was just like, here's the release. This is what the box art looks like. See y'all in eight months. And I was like, that's like where is the content to go along with your announcement? That's it? Y'all don't give a fuck? Y'all just know I'm gonna buy it? I mean, you're right. I am. But, like, give me a trailer or something. Shit, bitches. Come on. The fuck? Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, well, to go off that really quick, though, E3 is coming in a couple of weeks. So, I do feel like they're like, well, we might as well just give the announcement dates and hello we have e3 to give out you know the new trailer or whatever um it would have been preferred yeah exactly it would have been preferred to have like you know everything in one um but i got some things to say as someone who's always complaining about not having a new legend of zelda game every year i personally think it's awesome they have two pokemon games set so close to each other well you know yeah one is a remake and the other one is you know a new original title i think it's cool i think as a pokemon fan you're gonna have something to play for a while whether 
you speed run the crap out of the Pokemon games, which I don't know how you're going to do that with Generation 4, because that game is hard, those games are hard, um, but you know, you'll, you'll have your plate full for at least three to four months. Look, you know I suck at Pokemon, <laughs> okay. don't give me that face, that game was hard to me. Pokemon is hard! Um, um, so, you'll have, you know, for at, at you know... A ballpark, ball, ballpark, and say for at least a total of three months, you'll have something new Pokemon related to play. Um, I already forgot where my other point was because it was going to be so. Oh, um, and Brandon kept mentioning like you know like he feels like the January release is too early. I definitely feel like this is something they've been working on. It must be yeah. For anyone, I even got wind of. Because, again, like, the footage we got, for all we know, that could have been, like, really early footage. Yeah. It looked like really early footage because, you know, as Brandon was saying, it was, you know, the frames per second were a little chippy. Um, then this also falls into what Jarrell said about why not give us a new trailer with the announcement dates. You know, there's no guarantee they're going to do something in E3. Um, I don't know. I feel like is one of those instances where you know we're gonna trust what the company is doing what they said this isn't gonna be like another cyberpunk where it's like here's a trailer but wait let's delay it well, here's another trailer but wait let's delay it again and then let's give you another date and then keep delaying it. i definitely feel like game freak and nintendo are they're you know they're more precise about what because We've had, we've already had, you know, examples of Nintendo not showing something they're not ready for. Mm-hmm. Comes at the expense of Zelda fans, because, you know, they've had, <laughs> they've had, but, you know, there's been at least two opportunities for them to show something pertaining to the sequel to Breath of the Wild. But, you know, they've, the directors come out, personally said, hey, we're still not where we want to be in, in, a, um, in order to show you everything we want to show you. So we're not going to show you anything yet. So, you know, there's definitely that thing that Pokemon Game Freak could have done that as well. So for them to be like, hey, November, January, our games are coming those days. We're going to give you a completed product. I, I think I think they've earned the trust of the fans enough to, well, say that. But then we were also talking about how fucking the fans of Pokemon want Bandai Namco to do the mainline games now. So that completely takes apart my point. But, um, but still, I, I, I still feel like for the more level-headed fans, Game Freak, Nintendo, and the you know everyone who works on Pokemon has shown fans enough that they can be trusted with what they say, and you know that they're gonna be you know they're gonna bring out pleated games to you. Hmm. Hey, Kelly, you do not care about Pokemon. I don't give one. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> anything. <laughs> Not even a Sorry. point. Uh, I never played a Pokemon game. I mean, Pokemon is cute. Squirtle for life. Oh my gosh, Kelly. Well, now that you have a Switch, you know that we have to change that, right? I'm never playing Pokemon. You better just shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Damn, she is just on a roll tonight. <laughs> just shut that shit down right now. I, shut up, Not I'm tired and I had beer, so just... <laughs> Just stop. 
Done. Uh, so, <laughs> Nintendo games step onto the high school competitive gaming scene. This, is, I thought, was super cool. Um, this is from PlayVersus.com. PlayVersus is proud to be the official scholastic partner of Nintendo with the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Splatoon 2 games joining their high school league starting this fall season. You heard that right. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Splatoon 2 are now officially recognized high school varsity athletics. Uh, if you're a high school student or a faculty member interested in competing this upcoming season, you can join the waitlist today. Um... As the premier provider uh, for students in the ever-growing world of a competitive gaming, PlayVersus enables high school teams around the country to compete against each other through online matches and seasonal leagues. In this partnership with Nintendo, PlayVersus becomes the home for high schoolers to compete in official-sanctioned Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Splatoon 2 leagues. Can I say, this is so cool. I wish that when I was in high school, I could join a fucking esports league to play fucking Uh Smash and Splatoon. I'd be trash like I am now, but I would totally stay after school and be a part of that fucking shit. That's so fucking dope. I'm sorry. Honestly, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it says a lot how how big the esports scene is growing that now we're getting varsity teams of like any kind of game, like like, like barring Splatoon Smash, just like any kind of game is being officially recognized in select high schools for a varsity league. And if it's in a varsity league, you know, one would assume maybe it's, maybe this is jumping the gun, but one would assume that if it's a varsity sanction like tournament, uh, that it would like offer like potential scholarships. Even can you imagine that you get a ride to a college because you're really good at Smash Brothers? <laughs> like that would be the shit. Like honestly, that'd be that'd be awesome. But I, th- I think this is really cool. I want I'm like this is definitely like the first step in something. I'm just wondering where that what that something is. The first thing I would do is be like. Um, I, I'm, like, I'm gonna fail a class and be like, but I'm on the eSports League. Just give me an A. <laughs> like, let me pass. I gotta go practice. Like, Some players can't, can't even get free A's. Well, sometimes they do. If they're, <laughs> you know, there's, there's some back, there's some, there, there, there's some, some teachers have less, um, morals than others. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, I, I also love that faculty's included. Now I'm gonna go I'm gonna go finish my degree and be a teacher and just join this league. And Exactly. Yeah, seriously. I'm just gonna I'm gonna noobs. Like fuck you kids. <laughs> and then go back to class can the next day. I'm so sorry guys. <laughs> Wait, can you Hello, children? And you're like, hey, we're short one person for the tournament, and you know they said we could have one uh, faculty replacement. Can you come? I was like, oh yeah, you get over here, like the you. biggest kid playing. They're like, yeah, you fucking suck. This is why you suck. It's like, hey, bro, chill out. These are Yo. high school kids. No, they suck. My students. And then like literally, me. the faculty's like, fucked your mom last night, and they could actually mean it. Like, maybe they did. I don't know. Is the teacher screwing your mom? Oh man, I w- my students would love <laughs> so me. Bad. Like, no class, no, no nothing. We're all just playing Smash for like the week leading up to the tournament. Like, I don't give a fuck what you're supposed to do. Your homework is to go play Smash and try to beat me in class tomorrow. That's it. Now, if anybody walks in, then, you know, we switch it up and we throw out a fucking educational video or some shit. And as soon as they leave, we're back to what the fuck we're supposed to be doing, which is playing video games. So, speaking of, uh, you know, the Switch and playing video games, there have been a bunch of rumors coming out that the Switch Pro model is set to be announced before E3, which has got to be between this week and next week. Um, multiple sources are saying that the rumor is supposedly true. We've talked a little bit before about having a Switch Pro model. Um, you know, we don't know what it is, uh, assuming a bigger screen, 1080p, OLED screen, you know, we're, we're assuming all this stuff. 
Nintendo has not announced anything. Uh, we'll obviously have more to talk about if they, if and when they do announce it. But my question to Kelly specifically, because I think she plays her Switch the least amount of all of us. Um, would you, I, I'm assuming. I, yeah. every time I'm online, I don't see your name. Um, although I'm barely online myself, so, um, would you buy a Switch Pro model? Or are you satisfied with what you have? I mean, I only really play just dance on my Switch currently. I don't have enough games. And to be honest, I'm a PC gamer. Like, that's just what I play on. It's just easy. I, whatever, I have it all set up uh, with my credit card information because I can't stop buying fucking video games. Anywho, uh, I I don't think that I would buy a Pro unless I was going to play it more or stream from it or something. There's no reason currently. Like, I play Lego Harry Potter. I don't need 1080p for that. Like, it's just not necessary. Just dance the same thing. Like, it looks fine on my TV, you know? Yeah. Mario Kart looks fine on my TV. Like, everything looks fine. I don't really... I don't play it handheld, really, ever. So, it's really not a problem. Like, I literally don't need a Switch Pro. I mean, I love spending money, so maybe. <laughs> um, But currently, I probably wouldn't get a Switch Pro. That was the best response ever. I mean, I do love spending money, so, you know, if I got a big check that week, I will be buying a Switch Pro, but currently, I don't need one, you know? None of my games require it, but if that check comes in, and I feel the need... I'm on salary, so I don't got... I get the same shit. (laughs) I get the same shit every week, so... Okay, then, you know, she already knows what that check gonna be. If she feels like spending it, she's gonna spend it. Brandon and Gabe, uh, what excites you about a Switch Pro? Do you think you want one? Do you think you need one? Do you think it's about time? Um, And uh, uh, tell me quickly. I actually have a um, something to say. There's like a quick rumor I heard before we actually started. There is um, uh, another rumor going around that the Switch Pro is being made to actually replace the Switch itself. Which, you know, the the rumor didn't go into too much detail, but it was more like, you know, like the games that are going to be coming out from now on for the Switch Pro are not going to be playable on the original Switch. Mm. <laughs> well, that would just certainly... a, That's just a rumor to throw. Yeah. I, yeah, that's... if that rumor is true, that would certainly... Well, first of all, like, people would be upset, but also that would just certainly move sales a bit, for better or worse. I heard that, uh, and I completely, 100% do not believe Nintendo would do that. Yeah, I... But I also the, the don't thing, either. Yeah, like, the thing is, like, I I, I was listening not to the immediately. rumor... Yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. Not immediately. I do feel like it may be two or three years after the Switch Pro's release, you're gonna start seeing... Necessarily, it's going to be like okay, like starting January first, two thousand. I can't do math in my head. What's three years from now? Uh, twenty twenty four or five? Yeah, one of the, whatever. What are those two years? Um, they're going to be like oh yeah, from now on, all the games are strictly Switch Pro. But I definitely feel like there's going to start to be like you're going to kind of not you're going to kind of speak Gabriel speak. You're going to kind of feel like a lot of the games are being more worked towards um towards. Switch Pro, like in the same sense where you kind of felt like some Switch games were worked more towards being playable on the screen than they were being handheld. I was going to see a game, but I completely forgot. So, yeah, I don't feel like it's going to be like an immediate cutoff, like as soon as they're like, oh, here's a Switch Pro, um, and then all the E3 announcements going to be like, yeah, all these games are only available on the Switch Pro. I don't feel it's going to be like that, but I definitely feel like there's gonna, you're going to start to kind of feel it in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, can I comment on that really quick? 
I I feel like you are kind of right, but also wrong. I do think that they are going to, you know, you're going to start seeing games developed for, if there's a Switch Pro, you are going to see games that are developed that are going to utilize the Switch Pro for what it is. I completely agree with that. Um, uh, what, is, what is this game? Mario Kart 8? That is, huh? like, the best-selling game on Switch? This for I think Switch is way too casual to to force people to upgrade. 100%. I think it's just way too casual. Like, yeah. your, your Animal Crossing players are gonna revolt if they can no longer play Animal Crossing because it's an update that only allows you to play on, you know, Switch Pro. Not that that would happen, but your, your, your Mario Kart players who are still playing this, like, 10-year-old fucking game, like, that are enjoying it on Switch, <laughs> why would you upset that audience and, like, force them into something, you know... I, these what, what are these things called that they're on the cart are they, they're carts right yeah, cartridge. cartridge there's I I don't see I think the switch is to okay I think the switch is too casual of a machine to try to force upgrades on people it has it, it's too out there there are too many units in the wild to try to force people who have a switch light or you know this isn't like the 3ds right there's no gimmick of the switch to um force people to to switch. To another switch. That's all I was gonna say. Right. Mad you didn't capitalize on saying wild while talking about the switch. The the wild, wild. I failed. To answer your original question, I a hundred percent would get a new switch if it was announced and coming out in September. Mainly because my switch screen is kind of scratched up and it's annoying the shit out of me, and that's literally the only reason why. <laughs> well, I'm a graphics whore, so I would. Done. I'll answer the question and say, yeah, I told it would because, because, because I, because I, I, I bought everything Nintendo. And if this was just like to make my existing games look better and to, uh, I don't know, three, like Gabe said, potentially three and four years, just play like exclusive games. Honestly, I'm thinking like, like the Game Boy to the like, Game Boy Color thing. Like, yeah, original Game Boy Color games didn't require you to have the Game Boy Color. Like, you just would play the black and white. Yeah. Later games did. And that's, I guess, would be the best comparison to this one. But yeah, I would, because that would probably eventually happen, and I just, you know, I play my Switch a lot, like, it's definitely my most played system, so I would get a lot of use out of that, so it'd be a good investment for me personally. And just a comment, I'm just, I'm just so, so ready for these Switch Pro rumors to be over, so I hope, I hope that this final Ow. rumor that we're, I just hope that this final rumor that we're gonna hear about it before E3 is true, because I'm, I'm tired, man. Yeah. I'm tired of hearing about the Switch Pro every damn week and nothing happening with it. I'm just like, can just please just announce it, get me the information so we can please move on. Just like, let's stop. Alright, so speaking of moving on, let's move on to the last two topics, uh, which I'm going to combine into one, and that is going to be the uh, Sonic presentation that happened today, and uh, the Dragon Quest presentation that happened at 11.30 last night, and the Dying Light 2 presentation that happened, and the Horizon Zero Dawn... (laughs) E3 has already started, people! (laughs) Horizon Forbidden West presentation that happened. So let's only talk, because we have... uh, 10 minutes left of this podcast so only talk about the titles that you care about if you don't care about let's pass uh starting with um the first one that happened which was dragon quest 11 we got a bunch of announcements um any announcements that stood out to you anything you want to talk about gabe go first uh 100 the ones that stood out to me were dragon quest 3 the hd td re- damn hd 2d remake um that's obviously going to be a 
remake of the third Dragon Quest game, which is one of the more popular older games of the Dragon Quest series. And it's gonna have, if you've played Octopath Tra- uh, Traveler, it's called. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's gonna have it's gonna look similar to that. Um, Drill did point out it doesn't look as beautiful as Octopath Traveler. I haven't played Octopath Traveler, so I have no input on that. But I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm excited for uh, Dragon Quest Treasures, which is a spinoff of two characters based from Dragon Quest XI, Eric and Mia. Oh, oh wow! And it's they he he said it was gonna be an RPG, but not like the traditional sense that you're used to for Dragon Quest. Um, and it's gonna follow their childhood. Uh, we don't know the release details on that. Um, and then obviously Dragon Quest Twelve: Flames of Fate, which the more I think about it. I mean, after everything uh, I heard the direct, the creator say, um, some of the main points was he said this Dragon Quest is going to feel like it's more for adults. The atmosphere is changing. Um, you're going to have there's going to be more options within the game that change kind of the path that you take. Um, and then the command battle is also changing. Which when he said that, I'm like, well, that's funny because there are other the sister company, the sister company, the sister series to Dragon Quest is Final Fantasy. We got Final Fantasy VII Remake, but sister, but they're by the same company, and they literally came... They influence each other more than you think. Um, yeah. um came out last year, and it's something... I feel like they were like, oh, let's kind of see what they do with their battle system, and see if we'll be able to integrate that. I could obviously be wrong. The change could probably not even be that big, but... You know, Dragon Quest Eleven had a more 3D battle scene. You know, the moves were more detailed um you also have like a free form move within the arena where you can move your character around um so i'd be interested to see that um but again to me i think what captured like what captured me the most about this announcement was the way they did it was because dragon quest is usually very happy and spunky and it's like it's very cartoonish but this one was literally like just a barren rock and then all of a sudden fire started erupting from it that was the word i was trying to put in the article erupt i mean um <laughs> Um, fire started erupting everywhere, and you know it zooms out, and you see the X and the one Roman numeral, and you're like, okay, Dragon Quest Eleven, and then all of a sudden one streak comes by, and it's Dragon Quest Twelve, and a voice says, in they say it in Japanese, I can't speak Japanese, so I'm gonna say it in English, and the quote was, "What is the purpose of life?" And that's just like <laughs> to die. tease me like that. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, honestly, with the way it was like the like all that barren land i feel like that's the you know that's the purpose of life to get myself set on fire um but those are the two out of the six announcements that um intrigue me the most and you'll be able to see the other six the other four announcements in an article that'll come out later tomorrow yeah because it's written by me written by it might be out (laughs) uh uh kelly did you see it did you do you care dragon quest uh, I don't, I don't care about Dragon Quest, <laughs> but Dying Light 2, oh, uh, yes. that was what I was, yeah, very interested, in, um, by, obviously, um, it looks really good, I'm actually playing it right now, I'm just, like, checking it out, because I didn't get to earlier, um, yeah, I mean, it looks legit, the graphics look a lot better, I feel like the zombies look, like, less stupid than the first one, I did play the first one, I never beat it, but... Same. They're doing, like, some slide tackles and some, like, final kills, and it's just, like, pretty cool. Because the parkour element in the first Dying Light was, like, huge. Um, so I hope that they kind of perfected it, because I feel like it was a little clunky. Um, but I, it looks really good. I mean, 
I'm looking at like a chainsaw or something. It's pretty cool. I think that it's going to be definitely um, something I'll check out. And I've been looking forward to Dying Light. I actually wrote about it in one of my articles. Um, it was supposed to be out this year, and it's December 7th, so I was glad to finally get a date. Um, Gabe, uh, did you want to talk about Dying Light or, um, or Horizon Forbidden West? Yes, really quick. Um, I'm not going to talk about Dying Light because I don't care about that one. Um, but Horizon Forbidden so West... Horizon Forbidden West definitely looked, I only saw screenshots and little clips of it, looks graphically amazing, it's just it's looks so well done for now, for what it is there can still be a lot of work done as Jarrell is going to say in a couple of minutes or seconds um, but my main thing for Horizon Forbidden West is, you know, just like back in 2017, Nintendo it's your turn, Horizon already went, it's time for Breath of the Wild, snappy snappy but no, Horizon Forbidden West <laughs> Uh, looks really beautiful. I want to see more on that game. Um, didn't get very far in the first one, but after watching that trailer, I'm definitely going to go re-download it and finish it. Brandon, Dragon Quest, uh, Horizon Zero, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and uh, Dying Light. Anything? Are we doing? We're we not doing Sonic as well, or? Oh, fuck Sonic. Sonic. I forgot. And Sonic. I'm so sorry. So much was yeah. announced for Sonic. Yeah. You're wearing the shirt. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was like, all good, all good. I can consolidate my thoughts on Dying Light 2 and Horizon in uh, pretty much the same sentence. Uh, both games look great. However, I haven't uh, played either of the first one, so I would like to do that first before I do a real deep dive into either of them. And once I do... Yeah, those games look great. So that's all I have to say about that for the moment. Uh, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest uh, 3. Uh, Gabe, I'm surprised you didn't mention the fact that, you know, you know you're, you are, of course, aware that, like, 3 is, like, one of the problems. You said that. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the fact that that's the hero you usually <laughs> made in Smash. The best hero. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think that looks really cool. Like, I adore the Octopath style. And the fact that it's being applied to Dragon Quest Three, one of their more popular entries, is really intriguing. I'm definitely gonna give this one a try. Hoping they do this for other Square Enix games, but that's an entirety of the topic. But yeah, um, and Twelve, yeah, that's really. That, I'm excited for Twelve. It's, they're going a different direction with it. I'm interested in seeing how that turns out. Still gotta finish Eleven, but you know, Twelve should be a lot of fun. And as for Sonic, um, there wasn't a huge amount of like really substantial stuff. Uh, of course, I'm interested in, like, the animated shows that they're going to be putting out, like, cause I enjoy those stuff a lot. Um, I'm really excited for Sonic Colors Ultimate, actually. I played it on Wii. It's actually one of the better new Sonic games. It's also a fun fact. It's, like, Roger Craig Smith, who, like, recently was announced to be, like, coming back at, to the role of Sonic. Um, that was the very first Sonic game he ever voiced, Sonic oh. Colors, back in 2010. And now he, it was coming full circle. He's being announced to come back as his role, and Sonic Colors is also coming back as, like, for all systems now, not just a Wii exclusive. Or, it was a DS port, but it was very different. But yeah, glad that more people can try out this game, because it's really good. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And whatever this new Sonic down 2022, I'm sure, well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Vision looks pretty good, but we know literally nothing, so. <laughs> I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. And Sonic Origins, cool. Another collection of older Sonic games. Sonic 3 is on there, which is a game that doesn't get collected all too often, so, great. Um, I'll go really quickly, uh, starting with Sonic, because you just brought up Sonic. Um, those were the weirdest fucking game tie-ins, aside from Judge, aside from Sonic being in Judgment. Yeah. Um, the, the, the hospital one, Two Point Hospital, or whatever that game is called. Like, Toby, Toby loves that game. I do not want Sonic 
treating me as a doctor. <laughs> it was so weird. But the worst one was Sonic in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. That Sonic outfit hey, looked so bad. Hold on. It does look bad. I have a question, though. I have a, just a legitimate question, because I actually don't know. Um, whenever the Tokyo Olympics actually happen, regardless of whether it's this year or if it gets pushed another year, is it still going to be called Tokyo 2020? I don't think so, no. But I think the game has okay, to then be why at this the... point. I he... guess so, because, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the game's game... already made, yeah. so, like, you can't just right. go back and change everything in the game, you know? So, like, I'm assuming that's why it would still stay 2020. Okay, sure. But that Sonic okay. looks so bad. I was like, why? who, uh, who okayed this? looks so shitty. It looks so bad. They should have just not done it. The best one was adding Sonic and Lush. It's called Lush, was... right? Or, yeah, you can. If, and the, so the Yakuza called, the and game Judgment is games have judgment. Correct. Yes. Okay, that's so, all I want to like, just, yeah. Um, yeah, just I just wanted to mention real quick that for those who don't know, in past Yakuza and Judgment games, they have the thing where you can go into an arcade, and a lot of those characters let you play arcade. legitimate classic Sega arcade. So yeah, you'll be able to play Sonic the Fighters in Lost Judgment by going to a Sega arcade. So that's just the latest cool thing to have. Before this announcement of Virtual Fighter Five, which is now coming to like systems, that was like one of the only legit ways you could play like uh, Virtual Fighter Five modern consoles and like Yakuza games by going to the Sega arcade. It was weird, and that was all literally what I was just about to say. <laughs> but thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You said it for me. Yeah. So, uh, Last Judgment, uh, playing Sonic in the Last Judgment game was the coolest tie-in. I think the orchestra is going to be really cool to watch for free. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I can't um, wait for that. Yeah, and everything else I didn't really care for, um, except for the new game. So I'll wait to see what the new game is. Uh, Horizons Forbidden West. Everyone was talking about how beautiful it looked. I thought it looked good. I thought it looked cool. I think it looks really fun. I think there was lots of clipping and her hair and the clothes. Um, I think that some of the textures needed work. I think that it's not as beautiful as everyone's freaking out about it to be. Um, and that was my concern, but also I am a graphics whore, so I am the person who's going to notice all this stuff. Uh, it looks like it just needs polishing. Um, but I think all the traversal in that game is really, really dope. Like it's really cool to see the fucking Zelda glider or uh, Paris paraglider or whatever that she now has and being able to just fucking go around anywhere, being able to swim. The dinosaurs look amazing. The robots rather look amazing. Um, the game looks hard. I was like, how the fuck is she going to take down this elephant? And then she did. And I was like, there's no fucking way I could play that. Like, but it looks really good, but there's still a lot of fucking polishing that needs to be done uh, with that. I want to mention one thing that I forgot to mention because while that presentation was going on with Chris asking me about how she liked the swimming in particular, because uh, Aloy was doing like a breaststroke to swim, to dive downwards and a dolphin kick to go upwards. And she was saying it was making her former swimmer heart happy. I was like, well, that's a good attention to detail then. As a swimmer, she realized that they were paying attention to that detail. That's cool. If only they didn't, you know, have her hair clipping through her outfit while it was happening. Yeah, that'd be nice, but, um, you know, the game's still... We, have, we only have a day, so I'm sure they're still working on it. It's, it's cooking. It's cooking. It's, it's, a, it's a little pink in the center, but they'll, but, they'll, but they'll cook it out. Yeah, they definitely have much more time. Like, I, I'm just being a hater. I, I think it looks great, and I, I will be playing it probably day one. I just wanted to point that out there for everybody who's like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Like, yeah. have you actually watched it? Like, rewatch it? You'll see some of the... the... It also just seems really like like she was moving too slow for the environment. I don't know. I have to rewatch it. Whatever. It... Uh, mm-hmm. 
She did well, and from what I played in the first game, I she just feels like she moves too slow no matter what. When I played the game, I'm like, why is she like you're in this wide open world and you're like taking baby steps? Move, let's go. Well, oh my god, that reminds me of something I hate so much. My biggest pet peeve in that presentation was the fact that this bitch was standing up and like they didn't see her. I was like, she's right there. Like the grass is here and her head is like this. And I'm like, how do y'all not see her? She's fucking standing right there. And like all the fucking machines are just like, nope, nope. The people, she was listening to them and watching them. She was like, I understand that you're hiding when you're behind the grass, but I was like, her whole fucking head is out. Like, how do y'all not see her? That bothers me so much. She's not hiding. Like, there's no reason the AI can't turn around and see her. And I guess that's how the whole game's gonna be, and I'm gonna just be mad the whole fucking game. And then even when she, like, runs up, I was like, how do y'all not hear her? She's loud as fuck. Like, Aloy's talking all the time. She's so loud. She never ducks all the way. And I was like, okay, well, this stuff is just all trash. So at least she breaststrokes the right way. I sound like such a hater. Oh my god. I think the game looks good. Um, what else was there? Oh, Dying Light 2. I think it's gonna be really, really cool. Uh, I love that you are now being able to make decisions that are gonna affect the game. I love that there are three factions, and depending on what you do, you can choose, like, whatever faction you choose, you have to, like, talk to the people there, and you get these relationships. Um, the fact that you have to stay human, the fact that it's called Dying Light 2 Stay Human, the fact that you can turn into one of the infected and become a monster, like, I didn't finish the original, so I don't know if that happens in the original. I don't remember that happening in the original. But the fact that that can happen in this one is really cool. The relationships in this one is really cool. The way that you, what you can do will affect the world is really awesome. The fact that they added double the parkour moves, and not only are you going, like, vertically now, there's a lot of horizontal movement now. Uh, the combat looks really great. It looks really disgusting sting like limbs flying everywhere blood everywhere it's it's my thing and i can't wait to play it um what was left over oh dragon quest <laughs> i yes. think that dragon quest 12 is a thing that's gonna come out awesome uh <laughs> i'm just kidding uh that's not what i expected <laughs> <laughs> because i played through dragon quest 11 i didn't finish it but i played some of dragon quest 11 i thought it was really nice really cute boring rpg um and i say that you know having not finished it maybe my mind will change when i finish it i thought it was very oh. i think the dragon quest games are very like baby's first rpg and that's cool i like the characters i think I the designs are really cool um I'll, I'll feel free to disagree with me i think the designs of the characters are awesome yeah um but i think it was i think those games are very much kind of boring and i don't mean that in a bad way i just think they're like they're fun boring <laughs> I, I know that's an oxymoron but they're kind of boring like in comparison to the games that are coming out dragon quest 11 is a boring jrpg to me but it's still good it can be boring but be good so 12 i have hope for now that we're moving to a more mature interesting more hopefully deep a story that is more riveting, more adult-centered, I can get behind that. So hopefully it becomes something that's really cool. It's not something I'm going to buy day one for sure. I'm going to see like what happens before it progresses on. Yep. This is more of a complaint about like the presentation than anything you just said. So are, were you done? Because if you weren't, this is like c completely slide in. I was just going to... The last thing I was going to say about that was they also didn't show shit, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they should. I get, but that's that's something else I'm gonna add on to complain about the presentation itself. At the beginning of the presentation, they did say we're gonna get six new titles that were gonna be shown, 
gameplay or a trailer, that last one kind of counts as a half because it was it literally was a teaser trailer. Like we didn't get anything besides the title and that one quote. What is the purpose of life? The other thing I was gonna bag on them for was now I mentioned earlier that Dragon Quest came a, it came a year before Final Fantasy and it's also made by Square Enix. Um, so, but the thing is, the difference between the two is one, like Jarrell said, it's it's a fun, boring, but um, also it's didn't do so well in the West. That could be contributed to the art change of the boxes, whatever. And it's slowly been gaining traction. But I personally feel like what really got Dragon Quest like West attention is definitely Dragon Quest Eleven, whether it be the original one or Dragon Quest uh Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age. That's so I was actually, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot the last little two words. Um, I was a little disappointed that they there wasn't a lot. Like this is just a personal nitpicky thing that they didn't show more of. Um, Hero Number Eleven. Well, you can't really see him up here. This is Hero Number Eleven. Okay, Brandon. Like, <laughs> I didn't take a page out of it. Does he have it too? I'm sure he does. Oh, here it is. There it is. Got it right here. Of course. There we go. Always with the A little disappointed he wasn't like mentioned. Like they didn't really give thanks to Dragon Quest Eleven that much. Like yeah, they had Dragon Quest Treasures, which is a spinoff. But like I don't know. Like I I feel like if I was the team, not the team, or like someone who really worked on Dragon Quest Eleven, was like, well, where the hell is my? They don't have names. They're literally just called heroes. Well, they have names, but I already forgot them. But they're just more known as the Luminary or heroes. So it was a little disappointing not to see Dragon Quest Eleven kind of take up more of a spotlight, as it is one of their games that they keep pushing in the West. Like it originally came out in twenty. 17, I believe. Was the 20, 2017, and then they re-released it again twenty. 19 for the switch and then 2020 for all other platforms so it's like celebrating your 35th i know it's an ode to the entire series but you know maybe throw this guy in i mean he's also the hero they showed first for smash like it's a little bit nice to see him a little bit more my only little nitpick thing of the presentation i just it's always just the story of like, oh, you're the hero from the small town, yeah. and you gotta go save the world, and oh, look, a giant bird. Guess what's gonna happen? Your magical powers are gonna pop <laughs> out right now. I will say though, some of the thing is some of the earlier titles. I think it was Dragon Quest. Well, three is one of them, and Dragon Quest Five. Those two titles are known to be more like the more advanced of the titles. I remember Dragon Quest Five. I think you basically built your party. It wasn't like you have your set characters. Like in Dragon Quest Eleven, you meet Giro, then you meet um, Eric, and then you know the rest of your party is already planned out. I think I was like the last one to be like, "Oh, here's your hero, you fill out his class, and then you make the rest of your party." So I kind of feel like maybe if it kept that route, it would have been a little bit more fun for you. But I will agree, Dragon Quest Eleven is definitely like. I, I've said this a long time ago. It's basically like reading a book before going to sleep. It's just, you have a story written out to you. You get to play through the story a little bit. Most influence you have is whether you beat this guy or not. And you just get to try again. So I definitely understand when you say it's a fun boring. Because yeah. it's very it's very traditional in the sense of traditional RPG. It's, you know, here's your hero. We'll save the world. And I don't mean to rag on it. Like, I'm sure people love it for a reason. Just for me, it's very much like, yeah, I'll play through it. It's it's fun. But also, like, I can 100% tell you exactly what's going to happen. Maybe until the end. Maybe there's some big twists. But even then, that twist won't 
probably won't change my mind about Dragon Quest XI, which is not a problem. <laughs> oh, there is none? <laughs> no, there's, there's a twist in eleven, but, like, I sat there, and when it happened, I was like, wow, for, like, maybe two seconds, and I was like, yeah, no, I expected that. See? Um, and and I, I also don't think it's the, the character choice, because, you know, Final Fantasy VII, you don't really get to, you know, there's a pre, a lot of Final Fantasies predetermined uh, list of characters to choose from in your party uh and also uh lots of final fantasy uh titles have uh, not lots at least two of them have little ta- uh, uh dragon quest um easter eggs so you know, one is uh final fantasy 12 the other one i forgot um, but yeah there are cute little easter eggs for final fantasy uh or dragon quest and final fantasy uh yeah so last thing i'm gonna say is the uh, hd2d remaster of uh, Dragon Quest 3. I was interested in it, and then I realized that it was just another Dragon Quest game, and that I didn't care anymore. I also don't think it looks as good as Octopath, so, I mean, I'm really excited for everyone who is excited for that. I'm much more excited for a question that Brandon posed in our Slack channel, which is what you would like to see Square Enix redo in that um, style, which I won't discuss now because we're out of time. But, yeah, no, cool, I guess. I think it's really awesome that they're doing that for Dragon Quest 3, one of the most popular ones, so now people can re-experience it i think being able to experience old games is always awesome but i personally will not be buying it because i don't care to play through dragon quest again and that's it so with that um i'm gonna say good night to you guys and we'll see you guys next week uh most likely we're you're gonna have to hold off for episode 69 probably because we're probably gonna do some e3 talk next week um uh most likely some e3 predictions with a guest um and then E3 talking conversations and then episode 69 because we got to prepare, you know, we got to make sure we got all the all the all the raunchy stuff for you. Um, and also, if you're listening to this, make sure you check out hpcritical.com. We have articles up right now um, that I wrote personally for uh, uh, Dying Light 2 as well as um, uh, uh, Sonic. If you missed any of that, you can uh, read everything that was covered. Gabe's article on everything covered for Dragon Quest is coming out. I'll probably write something on Horizon Forbidden West tomorrow as well. So keep it locked to hbcritical.com for all things E3. And uh, the HP Critical podcast crew will be talking all about it as well. So with that, good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey. Let's go, HP Critical.